0: This is Jim, and welcome to Second Chance Moped Podcast. If I can get my damn, if I can get my recording to start. All right, everybody, welcome to Second Chance Moped Podcast. We're here, we're back, we're in the basement, and there's no longer prison walls, because my guest has been here a time or two, and you can see they're white. They're white walls now, because I was going to sell my house earlier this year, because I hate Minnesota winters. I love Minnesota except for Larpender and like Dale street. That's where my fucking uh, front fender came loose and threw me off my bike at about 45 mile an hour. I did. I don't remember much of it. Really? You guys like, and I've been, the problem is I got another head injury that uh, we all have had them. You know that, let me tell you this. You've had a head injury. If this has happened to you, a traumatic brain injury to be exact. If you ever hit your head and you've seen spikes of white, that's called a concussion also called a traumatic brain injury you have probably had several in your life undocumented but i don't remember it because i think i was probably knocked out um i've talked about this a little bit but you know what this is a little more of a me and my person episode and we're gonna bullshit we're gonna talk i ordered a new helmet today the same exact one you want to know why it worked <laughs> um i wanted to get a white one like reverse but i'm like you know what dude sorry that black bell three is like the coolest one out there and contrary to popular belief i think it's um derek from black pipes has the same one i didn't copy him because he is one of the coolest cats and mopeds but i didn't copy him um because it's mass produced on a fucking production line people it's like they do it for a profit or something but yeah uh actually got out in my garage and worked on mopeds first time in like to really work on mopeds first time in like three, four weeks, honestly. Like, and I probably went out too early because my shoulders kind of hurt because I still wasn't using my right shoulder. But it's looking a little tenderoni right now. I um so again, me joking about shit, I don't upjet for a fucking air leak people, but I can get very lazy about an air leak. And on the Mondial, I built uh a... I finally like I gave in and I finally built a freaking leak down tester. And I'm trying not to swear as much people, so I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna promise. But, anyways, I built a leak down tester, and it was a combination. I read one thing on Moped Army. I went to AutoZone, I went to AutoZone, didn't have all this stuff. I went to O'Reilly, didn't have all this stuff. Then I went to Menards. the uh ask Conan about Menards. It's a great, it's a magical place. Um and I between walking like Probably two miles in that place, like back and forth to like the plumbing section, hardware section, plumbing section, hardware section. Drive to my house five miles, if that, put it together, realize I need another piece, go back to Menards, get that piece, tighten it down too much, break it, realize my hoses aren't big enough. And then I have, then I build it, and then the little mini air pump I got doesn't freaking, those old mini air pumps, hell with those. You're a bastard, man, if you invented them because I never get them to work worth a crap. Chad Burke had a very nice one, and I had to freaking act like I was jerking off in the damn parking lot at the Motel 6 because the thing <laughs> wouldn't fucking air up. And Chad, I'm blaming you for my low tire. I'm blaming you for ripping away my all stuff. Not that I improperly put a tube in. That couldn't have been in. I think you sabotaged my ass. That's what it is, Chad. You sabotaged me at Baker's Dozen, and I. that's why your husband fucking gave me a LaCroix water in freaking Arkansas in ninety percent humidity because he knew it was the only thing I was going to drink. Okay, so like I said, I'm spicy night, and I was rambling about a whole bunch of shit. But no, dude, like I come back with the Baker's thing. Uh, but anyways, yes, I did build my air pump it, or my leak Down Tester. It's great. I ripped everything off the Mondial. I think actually the variator side seal is leaking because you know how you can tell if you got bad seals. The, you can see like the oil residue, a little bit of gas. It looks like it looks like dots everywhere. That is on that side. It's not on the blind side. So there's a little bit of a hack in me that kind of wants to just pop one seal out and put it in and leak down test it and give her a go. Probably won't do that. I probably will do that. I'm not going to lie. But I do have the $50 Techno Technique, whatever the Tekken case is. We'll call them Tekken from Treatland. I'm going to order those tomorrow. Oh, fucking French Daddy Andy suggested them, so I'm just going to do it. Like, I've got 50 bucks. I got, I got a lot of Treat money now that I think about it. I got the $50 gift card I wanted at the Moped Brothers, and then I returned some parts because I'm never going to use Speed. Okay. Story, I had some race gears I was going to use for bakers, um, and I would order them in like a February. Couldn't fucking find them forever. I looked high, I looked low, I looked high. Finally, in May, I ordered some. The day they came in, I found my set that I lost. Put the put the set I lost in, returned these ones, so I got more money at treats. So I got like free treat money coming, so we'll, we'll just probably run that. But we'll get those cases. I'm going to rock that I, I, I actually want to rock that Mondial in Chicago. I'm just going to be, like, on a 35, 40-mile-an-hour bike in Chicago because I don't care, man. Like, I can go fast anytime I want. I don't want to go fast in the city. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about mopeds. You guys hear me say that all the time. Like, I'm looking at this Pook. I've got some freaking – I got the Mr. Cool Ice with the the, um, fins because, like, I know – like, that was my big reason why I never did an E50 was because of the heat issues with slipping the clutch because, like, I kind of halfway under, I a little bit understand two cycles. Two cycles love RPMs. They want it. Like, that's where, that's where you hit your pipes. So that's where you get your power. And the hiccup about slipping a clutch too bad with the E50 is they fucking melt down. Um But... <laughs> Speaking of E50s, I have my guest tonight as the only person who rode an E50 on Baker's tonight, and I've been holding people back. They want to tell his story left and right, because it is a fucking epic story on Baker's this year. Um, so I'm just going to have my guest introduce himself right now.
1: All right. Well, my name is uh, James Potters. Um, I ran the uh, Bag of Holes biking and team. Um, I don't know what else you want me to do for an introduction. I feel like some people know me, some don't, but... You're a West Coast guy, so like a lot
0: of e- e- a lot of people will know you because you're that guy who wrote an E50 on Baker's this year. Because like I had a lot of people like somebody wrote an E50. I'm like, and ab- <laughs> but like I'm like, dude, he's really fucking smart and he really knows what he's fucking doing. No, um,
1: no, I don't. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, it's mu- you have to throw into the equation whenever we're talking mopeds. And, like, mopeds bit you in the ass. Like, that's what it was, dude. I really don't believe it was you, per se. It was probably mopeds.
1: There may be be some chance I picked up the muddy end of the stick this time. Um, But, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you you think you know what you're doing. You get away with it for a long time. You're like, oh, hell, yeah, I got to figure it out. It's, like, running exactly the way I think it's going to do it. So that must be what reality is doing in there. And then you get like this wild curveball every once in a while. And you're like, wait a minute, did did I not actually know how mopeds work? Or oh, it's a humbling, humbling as is fuck, whatever? isn't it? Yeah, no, nah, it gets you. I mean, I, I had the same thing happen at the rally this weekend. Which I mean, I guess I could say from introduction that I'm I'm in southern New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and Jess and I together. This is her second rally. Um, we went up to, the Goathead Rally and, the big ride day on Saturday. Um. I thought I knew what I was doing, so I down-jetted from an 86 to an 82, and uh, like you said, the E50, if you run it just a little too hot, that transmission fluid gets a little too hot, and then your slip goes away, and then you're stuck at the bottom of all the hills, you can't pull up them, you can't accelerate, and then you get a runaway heat problem, and then your cylinder temps are creeping, and so I tried and tried. I got stuck at the bottom of way too many hills, just kind of like bad luck with like vehicles pulling in front of us that were going slow up the hills. Dude, I they're, love the
0: goat heads. I will say this. People in Santa Fe for drivers are assholes. Like, I'll say that. I love the goat heads.
1: They weren't bad. It's just, I think a lot of New Mexico drivers are just kind of like, they're entitled. just chilling. They're just, no, no, no. They're just, they're just going slow. I mean, and maybe that's a, a form of entitlement, but like, hey, I'm out here and I'm going to go. Damn it, I want to talk shit tonight. Let me I talk want. shit,
0: James. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Um, I just remember that biker that uh, Lucian and I got into. It with, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, but let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. Okay. Let's talk. Let's pick up from Baker's last year and your um, antithesis into this year. I think I use that word right every once in a while. I do, but That's your build, it's it's big as fuck. If you, if you use big enough words, people don't know what you're talking about, and we're gonna go with that. <laughs> but except for Andy, he's a goddamn librarian. He'll call me out on this shit. Oh, I swore I don't know anybody, anything. But let's talk about leaving Portland um, and kind of your build this year and what moped stuff you did and like talk about Bakers this coming this year you just did like so Q.
1: Okay, well last year um, I ran my garbage together bike with um, the seventy two cc piston port air E fifty Parma kit CDI and uh, my seventeen five PHBG or Pahubaga, uh clone carb. And that bike ran great. It felt like it was just indestructible as far as the engine was concerned, made really good, low power all the way up to like 50 miles an hour. If I was like tucked in and like maybe drafting somebody, but would cruise at like 47. It just wasn't that fast. You know, it was reliable. It got good fuel economy Uh, with the big tank. I had like one hell of a range, but it was um just not really the speed i wanted so i thought i'll push it a little farther i sold my bmw to finance buying the addy case and getting a gila and doing all kinds of stuff i thought like hey i'm gonna make a really nice build still going kind of mild as far as wanting to keep the reliability there and temperatures down but i wanted to go faster and so messing with that bike or with that engine build um got it going a lot faster and felt Mm -hmm. pretty good about it but it's like the gila with the reeds and small carb esterol pipe and tall gearing, you know, the low end is just really not there. You're really killing it unless you do something extra. And I didn't want to have clutch slipping too fast because I was trying to keep everything, you know, alive as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, if you have good road conditions and, and you can keep your speeds up, it was a really great build and it went fast. It's just, um, you know, mountains and stuff, which I don't want to get ahead, but like, you know, there's there's certain there's certain limitations to that build. But you had and some issues going had, into uh, Baker's
0: this year. You were having ignition issues, weren't you?
1: Um, Or was that well, last I think, year? I think I, that was last year. I'd okay. fried a coil on the theater, and then, like, last minute got it together. In fact, I, I hadn't even ridden the bike, like, all put together before I left for Baker's last year. I'd ridden that engine build on my Magnum. I yanked it off the Magnum and threw it on that cobbled-together Rudy bike that I have. And, um... And I just, you know, barely got it running in time to leave. And then it ran amazing. I mean, last year's build, zero mechanical problems besides the wheel spokes. Mm-hmm. That was what took me out. And once the wheels were back together, it, it performed flawlessly. I came yeah. home. I rode it as a daily driver back and forth to work for months. Um, eventually, the, the clutch kind of started to crumble because I just run the really cheap three-shoe uh, aftermarket clutch. And, Dude, um, get
0: that claw. i
1: get the claw. Well, I had a two-shoe claw, but I didn't want to, like i don't know i i I knew i knew how the three shoe acted and i didn't want to like learn anything and i didn't have time before bakers this year because i really didn't have any time leading into this one to put miles on the bike either i did i did run it around a little bit i had like some time on the road before i went for went for the bakers with it but um yeah everything was doing pretty good besides the fact that i knew that i was having a hard time with like the bottom end power but um you know, just don't slow down for anything and that's not a big <laughs> issue.
0: Um, how many miles did you have on your bike before Bakers this year?
1: Um, I wanna say oh shoot, what day did it break on? Like the second day. You no, know
0: I'm saying like before you left for Baker's. How much yeah, did so you I'm get? trying to think.
1: I wanna say maybe a hundred miles. Not well, a lot. Enough enough to know that it was broken and enough to think, think that it was not gonna of miles do anything on, dude. really silly. Really. Yeah, I mean, I, had I had had... like
0: I'd like twenty tops, like
1: <laughs> I was trying not to repeat the past. You know, I thought I'd get some get some time and and in yeah. the saddle on that engine and make sure it's broken and work out any weird stuff. And um you know, trying to do a mild tune on that kind of cylinder, it, most people don't do that. I think it's kind of a weird aspiration to have. And so going about it that way, it's like you're re- leaving a lot on the table, but trying to make the longevity um, be there. <laughs> And once it got rebuilt with a new crank, you know, then it, it, I mean, still running amazing. Even this rally, it, it ran good besides me screwing up the tuning on the, the second day. But, um, you know, after I got the, the jetting figured out for that elevation, it ran amazing. And I'm, I'm going to start riding it back and forth to work again. I mean, it's a really comfortable and reliable bike. It's just not good. It like starts and stops um, like, you know, traffic light to traffic light stuff.
0: Well, uh, okay, so talk about your chase driver situation. you had so you were it was a little sketchy for you for a second there going at baker's this year,
1: yeah, so um well, and a lot of that comes down to the fact that the baker's this year was just huge Too fucking a lot hard. of mile, a lot of time, a lot of area to cover, and you know for I think a lot of people it's like they really wanted to do it, but it just wasn't like feasible with like time off work because it's like you know it's like a two year two week race but like lead time to drive to the start and then drive back from the end and like you know i was almost three weeks off work for me and a lot of people just couldn't do it so uh, initially i was going to get steve and kasha who were my chase team first year um and i think let's see it was going to be like a big team with them and with jay rivet and his wife Mm -hmm. because you you talked to jay on on the podcast and and he was like yeah i kind of want to do it and i i, I like a message immediately I was like dude if you want to like i'm all for that like let's yeah. let's be much ride but um you know we we talked about it we made some plans and then um it worked it didn't work out with his work that he could get the time off and so that was i still had time i was kind of like fishing around i think nick um king of the rockies nick had said something about um I don't know. He said something that kind of like, you know, tipped me off. And I was like, dude, you want to, you want to be my chase? Like I need a chase. And he's like, that'd be so awesome. I would t- totally love to be your chase. But once again, you know, work obligations um, kind of prevented being able to take that much time out. And I so- think,
0: I think Nick got downgraded to Duke of the Rockies. Like he can't be a King if he's not on Bakers ever. So I'm just saying that like King Duke of the Rockies, like I'm just going to say that, like
1: he's my King of the Rockies. No,
0: no, 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 no. you, you that, that'd be somebody else who actually brought you parts and not like hung out with his girlfriend instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I won't say anything bad about anybody. I especially. love,
0: I love that kid. I just got busted balls, dude. Like, no,
1: I know where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, so um, it turned out he couldn't do it either. And then uh, I was just kind of like, you know, wondering how to do it. Like, am I going to like have my wife and kids come with me? Am I going to not do the race at all? Um, and then my wife was like, "Why don't you ask Franklin, that's her brother, my brother-in-law. And so I hit him up and he's like, well, yeah, I mean like you, I might need you to help me get like plane tickets to the start and back because like he didn't have the cash to do that. And I'm like, okay, turns out flights are really cheap. We looked it all up. It's like, okay, this is doable. And so, um, that was pretty awesome. And like Franklin and I weren't really close. Um, like, growing up, I guess what we're going to say it. Like, he was still a kid when Jess and I started dating. And so we didn't hang out a whole lot. And then we did a little bit when we were young adults, but we moved away and whatever. So he and I haven't had a lot of time together. That's what I'm getting at.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, and then... Franklin
0: was... I'll say this. Franklin was kind of the wild card of the bunch. It was kind of...
1: <laughs> he's definitely the life of the party whenever he shows up. But he he stopped by not too long ago, like, before Baker's, and we got to hang out. And it's like, as an adult, he and I had, like... Develop down similar paths of craziness as far as you like guys mesh. I will say that you like, guys you know, mesh very well, <laughs> and, yeah. And so I was like, you know, I, I want to hang out with this guy more. This is a great time to be able to spend some time with him, you know, one on one. And uh, it was a great, you know, bonding experience just rolling around the car. And chit chat <laughs> with him and then hanging out in the race. And he was an amazing chase driver. He was uh-huh. always right there with me, always showing up with whatever I needed. Uh and, and enthusiastic about it. I mean, I think he really yeah. dug the whole moped thing. It's not he's not been in mopeds before, but like, you know, just head first dove into it. So that yeah, was he nice. really
0: accepted the and got into the culture big time. Uh <laughs> so you guys yeah. How do, how do you, how do you meet up with them? Like talk about drive it, you got the bike load up, you got the bike tuned. How do you, where'd you ever meet up with Franklin at? Like how? Well, do you there's actually,
1: fun? there's actually more to the story too okay. uh, back before that little bit. Cause this was like a really major part of it was that. So like, you know, going through chase teams kind of cycling in and out and not, not being able to really have a committed one uh, whole wholeheartedly there. Like the race just kind of felt like it was on the rocks for me. And then like three days before I was supposed to leave, no, 4 days before I was supposed to leave, my daughter got strep throat. And so I was like, "Oh gosh, I don't want to head out with strep throat. That would suck." And so I like tried to get strep tested. It was kind of hard to get a spot in line. Like miracles happened. I got tested. I didn't have strep. I was like, "Okay. <laughs> hopefully I don't get sick because I don't want to go out there with this and then have to like go find an urgent care on on the road to like get meds." Um that that problem went away. And then 2 days before I left, Jess had a um an ovarian cyst rupture. So we spent yeah. like the entire night in the in the ER. They had to do like a laparoscopic surgery to go in there and look around, and make sure there wasn't anything like, you know, I mean, it was bad. It, it mm-hmm. but like the hem- the hemorrhaging had stopped. They cleaned a bunch of blood of her like abdominal cavity and sent her home with like instructions to like, you know, go easy for a couple days. And um uh yeah, and so like that's it's not a pleasant topic for us still, but you know, it's kind of like hey do you need me to cancel the race? And she's like, you can go. But I think she kind of wanted me to stay back, but she also realized like, Hey, this is like a huge thing that he's like made, made a big deal of, prepped a lot, you know, bought plane tickets, built a moped. And so we had friends kind of coming in and going to, uh, to help that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a a really, really rough start to the race uh, for all parties involved.
0: And And I'll say this, that's like awesome that she, um, all- and I, you, are your own man, your, your own person, but like allowed you to go, cause like, I, I'll say this, like when I got my accent, granted, it's not an ovarian, like I don't understand that pain, I don't know what your wife went through, but like, I wanted a few family members to stick around, but like, really for me, there was nothing they could do for me, like it's just like lay around and heal and maybe get me a glass of water, like, I mean that's that was, yeah, I, I mean. That's awesome. She allowed you to go. That's what I'm trying to say is like, cause what could you, and she can, your wife can hate me. I don't care. Don't, plenty of wives hate me, but like, what, what could you have done for her if you would have stayed? That's the hiccup. Like.
1: I mean, I think what, what would have been nice is just like, you know, moral support. Yes, uh, sometimes exactly. I've mean, heard you're like that. You're a little anxious wondering like, okay, what if happens? What if something mm-hmm. happens? What if there's a complication? Um, but you know, we, we decided to, to go that way and it, and it worked out. Um, but yeah it worked she out because was, was to work out like it was, was really uncomfortable while I was gone and then that made me uncomfortable because you know it's just not it's in the back of your mind the whole time you're not really a hundred percent like settled when you're leaving the, the house but to get back on to the track with the with the how we met up uh, Franklin flew into Salt Lake I drove up to Salt Lake and just picked him <sighs> up at the airport and then um we were gonna camp out like at a campground in Salt Lake because I didn't have a room for that night in Wendover but um I called around, checked the campgrounds, and the campgrounds were like fifty or sixty bucks just to like park in a tent camping spot, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm it's like, not cheap, okay. dude. I'm like the hotel in Wendover is eighty nine dollars a night, so I called them up. I was like, "Hey, can I can I do another night?" And the guy was like, "Of course you can, like just you know come on over." So I I just stayed an extra night there, and we actually had time to unload the bike and I did some like tuning runs up and down the street. I think mm-hmm. Chad and Patrick caught up to me at one point when they were coming into town, and I was already. Running around, having a good time, feeling special about myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, So you get there, tune the bike, memorial race. Um, Did you ride your bike out to the Salt Flats or did you trail it? Yeah, I rode it.
1: I was riding it everywhere because I just wanted to, like, really feel it out and make sure everything was going well. And that morning, everything was, like, it felt fast. Everything was tight. Like, nothing was rattling loose, which that bike tends to have some things rattling loose.
0: Yeah. yeah. Dude. I still like that whole ride out there. I didn't want to fucking, I didn't want to do any, I did not want to do bakers. Like I had just in my head, like I just feeling like shit about everything. And like, just this winter was shitty for me. So I was just like, I fucking only reason why I'm here. Is because I told Colby I would do it and the goddamn Joel, <laughs> I said he could ride with us, and that asshole booked airplane tickets. So I feel really committed <laughs> to these guys now. So I guess I'll do it. And we're gonna we're all gonna have fun, damn it. Like oh, man. But we just we we made it happen. And like getting out there, like I was nervous as hell, dude. Like this I didn't think my bike would last the first day. I really didn't. Um what was your did you see Chad? So we all, did, how much riding did you do out on the salt flats themselves? Were you went, the, I think you I definitely, yeah. Hard.
1: I mean, I I went out there. Um, I really wanted to do like a top speed full tuck run on the salt flats and see like if I could top the bike out and just say I made it. I made a top speed run on the Bonneville Salt Flats because that would have been like you know some real bucket list stuff and. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of wet. The salt was pretty soft. And I really didn't want to like dump the bike, you know, before the race even started because exactly. we hadn't gone anywhere yet. So I got out there. There was kind of a dry spot. Um, there was some like, you know, bikers on big bikes riding, and I, I managed to like, you know, blow by them, which made me feel special. But I was still probably only doing like 3540, and they were taking it pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that it was enough being dumb and turned around and, and came back. So I just made like one, you know, down and back run. And um not anything too super crazy and even that was enough to throw so much salt on my bike that like everything rusted yeah like every fastener on that bike is still covered in surface rust there's rust in places that never saw it before and i'm Mm -hmm. like it's just because salt got all over it
0: yeah like piers yeah yeah, yeah. like dunking your bike in the ocean i was was some reason why i didn't go out there so much um (laughs) and yeah, yeah dude i don't blame you and like Again, my anxiety was at like at a ten anyways. And I just remember Richie Rebel telling me he's like, dude, it's like an ice skating rink out there. Like he went he rode his I think he went out there one year for speed weeks and brought a moped out there. So mm-hmm. like he rode around, he goes, It's like an ice skating rink. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go out there too much. Um So, first day, uh we take off. Uh how was how your bike running? How like I I'm not, I, I, it's hard for me to talk about Baker's like, because I led so much of it and like, yeah. just saying like, Oh, I never saw you James. But like, <laughs> how, how was it? Like just taking off. Like, the, my, and seeing my Chad range... and I walk the fuck away from there. I had to jam. Yeah. No, but did you see him get like, pulled over as well? That's why I want to know.
1: Yeah. I, I got, I got caught up to him. Like right as he was uh pulled over the, the entire race, like you guys, could accelerate so much faster because you're variated so like Mm -hmm. getting off the line with tall gearing you know it's slow for me to get going you guys would like pull ahead like 200 400 yards and then it would kind of stay pretty steady with me and chad like Mm -hmm. once i got up to speed if nothing really pulled me down for any reason like it was so weird when we were running flat out like flat ground he was a tiny bit faster than me if we were going slightly uphill I was a little bit faster than him. And then if we were going downhill, he could kind of pull away pretty good because he could run faster bombing down a hill. And so like he and I could kind of stay pretty close if nothing weird happened, like a really steep hill, or if I caught a stoplight and he got a green light at the same Mm -hmm. one. But you know, for the most part, like five, 10 minutes into every day, like you would just get up ahead of me and around a curve and I wouldn't see you again unless you pulled over for gas or something like that. So, you know, there was some definite days that I got to race with Chad. But we're right. going to talk about Not the so first day. Yeah, the we're first to- day. The first day. I think I saw him. Oh gosh, this has been too long now. Like there was like the rolling hills once we started heading south. Did you and see a like, pair you know,
0: of purple sunglasses on the road? Because those were mine. I'm I'm fucking with you.
1: No, I <laughs> wouldn't recall if I did. I did see a hat somewhere on the Pony Express, but uh, that's a different story. Um, but anyway, yeah, rolling up and down those hills, going south. Um, before we turned onto any of the gravel roads, I could still see him. I think there was times where, like, you'd, I'd crest a hill and I could see you probably like a mile and a half ahead. Um, but then we turned on the gravel. We all got kind of like choked up at that one turn, uh, trying to decide which way to go. And like, oh. I <laughs> for some reason I didn't know that we had already rerouted. Like, I thought that the rerouting thing hadn't happened yet. And so I'm looking at my maps and I'm like, okay, we have to go this way. And there's like 15 miles of gravel. And then we're back on a pavement, but yeah. that was wrong. Like I was totally, I was totally confused about where we were. because I didn't How, realize. Pa- okay. I'm going to pause
0: for everybody. So we, we've been on the, we take a left on to like a native American reservation and like the roads get a little rougher and then we have to take another damn left. And that's when the gravel roads happen and I'm chilling and everybody catches up to me. And then eventually, probably 20 miles down this road, there's, like, honestly, a Y in the road. And you stay on this gravel that's shitty, or you go, like, down, like, two, like, it almost looks like a covered wagon horse path. And it was actually a turn onto a military testing facility is what I was told. Um, Not that James would know anything about that area with military and whatnot. Um, (laughs) But... I remember you saying we have to go this way and i said, there's nothing fucking out there, James.
1: We can't. Yeah. Well, like I said, in my mind, like from looking the night before at the maps, I thought that that was like a little section where we would just have to like, you know, maybe push through the sand and gravel. And then we would get on a better improved road. And honestly, but, I um, think my,
0: that, I think my phone wanted me to go that way. And I saw that I'm like, fuck that.
1: Yeah, no. And so when we just, we all kind of turned off again and then, the gravel roads, y'all got away from me pretty quick because I think Chad and you were both way more confident driving fast on gravel, and that's not just because oh, I, I didn't want to destroy my spokes. Nope, like, I wasn't. I, I, I was just trying just to keep up with Chad. Crazy. I was yeah. trying to and keep like, up.
0: with Chad's a madman, dude. Like, nah.
1: No, I don't know how you guys were doing it. I mean, it was just like it. It was swearing my the entire so time like in 30, my man. helmet,
0: cursing Maitland, cursing every organiza- organizer. Like, oh, my God, was I was ready to load my bike up in the trailer the first day.
1: It was pretty rough. And, like, it was, it would go from, like, dirt to, like, washboard, which would beat you to death. And then it would go from washboard to this, like, dirt with these little pointy boulders kind of just yeah. like poking out of it. And if you, if you didn't dodge them perfectly and you nailed one, it just felt like it smashed the tire into the rim, bottom out the suspension, knock you off your seat. And it's just like... Like, we are not even, like, an hour into the first day of Baker's, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to literally break this motorcycle in half within minutes of starting, it felt like. And I was just so disappointed because I knew that the bike, like, you know, I built the wheels better than last year, obviously. I've learned a little bit about spokes, but at the same time, I don't have, like, 100% confidence that I can go, like, smashing in the boulders at 35 miles an hour and not Dude, I'm
0: running on wheels from fucking 1978, (laughs) so Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And so anyway, like just just blasting down this road, not I wasn't going super fast. I could see your eyes' just trail though. And that gave me like a little bit of confidence sometimes because I'm like, okay, there's a tire track. So they're going and they didn't crash in anything deep because every so often you'd hit like that sandy, gravelly, like pea gravels oh, and they'd God. really want to just grab your wheel and throw you over, which, you know, pretty much like once we got through what was it like the first 50 miles or something and then we went through like the that was like a left turn i think and then there's like the uh, an uphill section that was like like a foot deep of just loose sandy gravel and my bike would not pull it at all and i was pushing it and it was so deep and loose that even pushing it like the wheel would just turn sideways and it would just dig in and then i'd have to like get behind the bike and push it and just like try to hump it along up this hill and and zach and sierra there they gave me some uh Give me some candy or something. I don't know. (laughs) Sierra was really taking care of me. I had water. I had snacks. And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing. And I thought, okay, I'll push up this hill. It's not too long. They went up ahead and scouted. And they came back. And they're like, it's only this much further. And so I'm like, okay, I could do this. That's bullshit. little little did I know. I'm pissed about that because
0: I didn't get that. I had that one truck with that guy and his daughter saying, like, I don't know. Like, I'm mad at you, Zach and Sierra. Like, you should have been blind like the rest of us. No, dude, whatever. I don't care.
1: Like, but yeah, I was I was getting like I was getting a little disappointed because I was like, oh, I bet these guys are like really pulling ahead now, and I'm I'm going to be coming into camp like an hour later than them. And that's going to look <laughs> bad because like, you know, it's like E50 guy trying to do this dumb thing again with a bike that just really can't handle it. But anyways, you know, so I'm pushing and pushing and pushing, and then they come back down and they're like, it's like this far, just like some road, and you know that really reinvigorated my uh, desire to keep trying. Got up to the pavement, got going again. I think I probably put gas in a bike at some point around there. And then it was just like highway, like nice mm-hmm. flat highway running. Wasn't full it speed. the greatest
0: feeling in the world? Like, you yeah, were so... and it
1: was like it was a little cloudy. So it was like kind of cooling off and it hadn't rained yet, but it was just like, it felt like, oh, okay, the worst is behind me. And now I just got to do a bunch of miles and get to the first camp. That's what I was feeling at that time.
0: Did you get to that left-hand turn where there's like grasshoppers everywhere?
1: I don't recall.
0: I, okay. Never mind. It would have been like the first place uh, you guys probably could have been. It was actually the, it was the left hand turn, and it was the first town you could have got gas at at that point. It was I don't know where the hell it was, but like, yeah. Anyways, um, I just remember it was like fucking just millions almost of grasshoppers. Like it was insane, dude. <laughs> um, so you get you get on the bike, you're rolling. Uh, keep talking about that first day.
1: Okay, so then they're going through some towns. Um, it just was like easy rolling up and down hills, easy to hold top speed, which I think at that time I was geared um, with the 1840 gearing on an E50. So I'm pretty sure that would have put my top speed just a little over 52, 53 miles an hour. Um, so that felt pretty good. It was rolling and um, everything was going fine. Then it like started to like sprinkle rain and the road road was getting wet. The bike was still running fine in the rain, and I, I went through a lot of trouble to like put silicone grease in all my electrical connections, tape everything up. You know, it's got like like the uh, little corrugated wire covers, and then tape with like silicone grease inside of it, and then zip ties over the electrical tape so that nothing can get like in and out. Like I thought I'd done everything in the world you could imagine to like waterproof your lighting and ignition, and then I'm going up and down. The rain gets harder; it's starting to throw it on the bike, and then it starts cutting out. Like just you ran into rain the first day. Oh yeah. I know
0: oh my god, I didn't know that.
1: Like I didn't yeah, run, I, got, I Sorry.
0: No, I interrupted you, dude. Like I I, I like, didn't yeah. run into any rain.
1: No, I got I got I got pretty soaking wet and uh, the bike was cutting it out, it was losing power, and so I I stopped a couple times. And I'm like, what could this be? You know, I was like looking at the air filter trying to see if it was sucking air or water into the carb that way or if it was like getting the ignition wet. Um just really couldn't tell what was going on. And so, if I babied it along, it would just kind of like bear, 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 you know, that kind of stuff, like really cutting it out bad. Um, But it got through the rain, it dried out, it started riding again. I was like, okay, well, whatever, it's fine. It didn't feel like it was running the same after that, though. Like, it definitely felt like I had lost some power. And I didn't know what really the cause of that was, but I wasn't really sweating it either because it was still running fast enough that I'm like, you know, not a big concern temperatures weren't doing anything weird no weird sounds just not going as fast so i let that let it let it slide and then there was like that last little little town you came to before the big climb up the mountain and Mm -hmm. i think at that point you're like 28 25 miles from camp like on the on the maps right and so like when you get to like 20 something miles from the end of the day you're like super excited you're like oh it's like i'm almost there it's just like another 30 minutes and it's
0: (laughs) actually no even with my bike it said an hour like once i got to that, i remember that the first day i'm like what
1: the fuck because you're right well i don't remember the i don't remember the time i only just looked at the miles yeah oh and actually riding into that town before we got to the 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 last right turn before you went up that freaking sheer cliff um <laughs> i a bee or something had flown up my sleeve on my jacket and stung me in the arm oh. so i'm like you know picking at my arm trying to like knock whatever this thing is out because like sometimes you get stung like you, you feel like a little pinch, but you're like, does something just sting me or did, like a thread poke me funny or something? Like you don't, yeah. you don't really know it's a sting maybe at first, but then like the pain starts to radiate and you're like, Oh no, I definitely got stung or bit by something that wasn't nice. And so I'm like trying to fish that out of my, my right hand or my right arm. So it's like my throttle hand. So I really can't like let <laughs> oh, go no. and deal with yeah. it. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I just rubbed my jacket really hard. I'm like, well, whatever's in there is dead now. And, um, and I kept going and then I made the right turn at that stop sign and started to go up that hill and the fact that the bike was like losing power it would not accelerate like it just was just like a bog just like whoa, and would not gain rpms would not gain speed and that wasn't even that steep right there like that was before you even got to the really bad grade and so i'm like trying to get it up to speed it wouldn't accelerate and it was like all uphill from there and so i was like okay screw this i turned around went back down the hill try to get into town and like get a run at the stop sign, like run the stop sign, make a right turn as fast as I can. But anybody who's tried to cheat mopeds like this, like you can only turn so fast. You're not going to hold enough speed to like stay in your power band if you're geared really tall. So pull over to the side of the road, change the gearing out. I think the smallest gearing I thought I had was a 17 for the front. Later on, I actually found a 16, you know, falling around in the bottom of the toolbox. I don't think that would have helped. No, but change yeah. the gearing out.
0: I think you had it. problems before that, but especially with that bogging you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't making good power. So, um, changed the gearing out, tried to run the hill again, wouldn't go. Uh, and I thought, okay, why is it acting like this? So I tried rejetting. I pulled the spark plug out to see what it looked like, put a fresh one on. I even threw a different Parma kit CDI box on there because it's like maybe the water like did something to the freaking CDI and it like is half shorted. So I tried swapping all kinds of stuff to just get the bike to make power because I knew that that hill right there was not steep enough to make me not go because the mountains mm-hmm. behind my house are 6% grade, and it's like 20 miles up a 6% grade, and it pulls it going 45 miles an hour. like It, yeah. it, it eats up that hill, so I'm like, There's, I shouldn't be this slow on this hill, and I just couldn't figure it out, and so I was ready to quit. I'm like, I'm done. This is stupid. Franklin had gone ahead, and he's like, dude, it's like 15 miles of 8% grade. And then you get like the crest of the hill and it's downhill the rest of the way to the camp. And I'm like, I cannot push a 200 pound moped, 15 miles. I mean, that's like, that's probably harder than running a marathon. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm in pretty good running shape, but I was like, I'm just not built like that. Like, I can't push this thing that far. And, you know, everyone's getting really encouraging. And I'm like, it's day one. It's already late. It's not like I make a good time, but I was like, I'll just dig deep and try it and see what happens. So I would just push and push and push, walking the bike up the hill. Um, I would get on it ride it with the clutch slipping until attempts to start to get like you know up about 300 350 and hop off shut it down and just start walking it some more and so i just did these like walk ride walk ride intervals i don't know what time i started pushing but it was daylight and Eventually, I got up into like the top of the mountain where there's like snow banks beside me. It was really dark. Four foot deep snow
0: banks, people. Four foot
1: deep. I think some of them were taller than that. Or maybe it was just the the lay of the road next to the snow because it was well above my head. Oh, yeah. It's dark out. There's like stars. Franklin is blasting uh, the talking heads like on the road to nowhere. And it's just like a surreal experience where like nothing felt like reality anymore because I was like I was getting cold, I was probably nearing like hypothermia and exhaustion. Oh, definitely
0: you were. Definitely.
1: It is just like this like really crazy thing. But like once like I don't know how you are. I don't know if you've done like long hikes or any kind of like really like just miserably grueling physical endurance type of things. But like yeah, I did make this shirt. (laughs) Exactly. But like you get into a grind where your body is just like, okay, I'm not going to die yet. So I'm just going to keep trucking and like your brain kind of shuts off and goes numb. And your muscles stop hurting, and it's just like you just keep doing it. And so I just kept walking and riding, and walking and riding. And I would I would stop and cuss and say I was going to quit. And Franklin's like, "You can't quit. It's only this much." And he kept telling me, "He's like, there's a little hump up here. It's a little downhill." hump. Franklin, goddamn lie to you the whole
0: time. And God yeah. bless. He's like, that maybe you boy. can get
1: some speed on that hump. And if you get some speed going down that hump, then the next one you'll get up it. And I'm like, there's really a hump. And he's like, Yeah, I think so. And then I would like get to the hump, and I'm like, This is not a hump. And I tried to ride the bike and it wouldn't go any faster. And there was one that I almost got going a little bit, but um, eventually I did actually get to the top and I got the bike rolling and I feel like the road wasn't, it wasn't wet, but there's like melt water going across the road in several places. And so I was scared to like, really like, like rip it down that hill. It was misfiring some. And like, you could tell there was engine issues. But I was, like, shivering so bad, too, because I was so cold, and my my knees were slapping the tank, and, like, I didn't know if I could really control the bike well enough to get to the camp. Mm-hmm. But um, the miles, I think it was, like, seven miles from the peak, and so, like, I was just, like, the miles were ticking down, and then finally I saw the lights and everybody, and I was like, oh, dear God. I made it. I pulled in. I remember so we, we heard
0: you, dude. We were so elated that you fucking wow. made it. Like, I was like, everybody's like, it's you. I'm like, a part of me, I can- I said a few times. James is military. He will, he'll shut his brain off and he'll hump through this. Like if that bike is able to move, he'll drag it through this. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I have any military training that really comes to the occasion of that. That's not what (laughs) I was. I maintain electronics, but, but but yeah, I mean, I think I've always kind of had that mindset of like, I I enjoy putting myself through hell for an experience. Like I, I like an adventure that's not easy, I I've even said one time to Jess that, you know, like the kind of people who climb Mount Everest, like if I had the money for it, I would probably want to try that, knowing how awful it is, just because I kinda like being in a, in a bad position position like that. But um
0: That's why you're in mulpeds, yeah. dude. Because we all yeah, kinda I like mean, that. Maybe, we all like mopeds, being miserable to a point.
1: They keep serving it up, man, on on yeah. a silver platter of of pain and misery. But anyways, yeah, I pulled into camp. Um you guys gave me some, like, beer and a cheeseburger, and um, I remember there being a warm fire, and that was, like, lovely. I think I actually stood in the fire. Yeah. At one point.
0: Yeah. You got in the fire ring. I mean, you weren't, like, on fire. You were just, like, really close to it.
1: Yeah. I, just, I knew I had to try to heat up because it was, like, late, and I wanted to get some sleep, and I was going to camp. But then um, I was like, I'm way too cold. And I was like still shivering. And so I asked Franklin if I could sleep on the mattress in the van with him. And so I just put, I left like my clothes on. I got my sleeping bag and like kind of like cuddled, you know, butt to butt with him. And then I, I finally warmed up and I fell asleep. That was nice. I think Patrick did an interview <laughs> that night. I don't remember. I know I've seen it, but I, yeah. I don't remember what. But... Everybody, go,
0: everybody go to Baker's Dozen Run on Instagram. And Patrick is kind of taking ownership of that. He's done such a great job everybody's interviews throughout the week are categorized to themselves. And then like the randoms are on another deal. Just go check it out. It's really awesome. What Patrick did.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. And watching everybody's stuff, like the wrap ups and whatever afterwards yeah. was, that's it's a, it's a real treasure to have those things kind of kept behind. I should have rewatched them all before this, this call. Ah, so I whatever, like, had it dude. more fresh in my head. Anyway, you want to go guys-
0: But yeah, yeah. but you guys, James, maybe you didn't hear this.
1: James pushed his moped up a freaking mountain. Like, oh yeah. So I think it was 15 miles uphill, 8% grade up from like whatever the starting elevation was to 9,600 something feet. I mean, that's like a real mountain. The mountain I climbed behind my house is only 8,400 feet. And that's That's, a long day. Yeah. That's a a lot of mountain. Minnesota, we're flat, dude.
0: I'm from like fields and farm and lanes. Like, you push your moped up a freaking mountain like insane, yeah.
1: dude. I, 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 there's part of me that kind of wants to be proud of that, but I also, just you feel should like, be. I, what, well, no, but I feel monumentally stupid. Well, for you building are a really heavy bike <laughs> with an E50 and geared like that. Like, anybody would look at that that knows mopeds and be like, well, of course, it's not going to go up a mountain, you dumbass. Like, why would you build something that weighs 230 pounds wet with gas and is geared like? freaking top speed e50 and expect to get up mountain i promise it gets up regular mountains when it's not broken i don't know what was broken on it and i don't know what was going on that day but there was like you know just a perfect storm of little problems that made that bike not want to go and so i had to push it but um anyhow next morning i got up early i did a lot of work on some other things i think i adjusted the clutch because i was like if it won't slip with power I'll just force it to slip by tightening the springs, which I have a really conservative clutch tune, so I can always go tighter on the springs. So I cranked the springs in a bit more, threw the clutch back on. I rode up the hill, like going back the way we had come. So like mm-hmm. up that pass and um, it pulled great. Like it made good power. It went up the hill, accelerated uphill. And so I'm like, okay, whatever the problem was yesterday, I don't know what I did. I don't know why I rubbed my finger on, but apparently I've touched the right spot and the moped's happy now. And so I pulled back into camp. I was ready to go, ready to rip with you guys. But somebody had said something about like, okay, it's not all downhill from here. We might still have to like climb over a little saddle and up another little thing. So I had put the 1740 gears on it. And I'm like, okay, just in case, I'm going to keep it geared kind of low so that I can get up any kind of like little in So mm-hmm. we left out of there and I, I'm pretty sure it was just like straight downhill for like the next 50 miles.
0: Yeah, um, we had a long way downhill.
1: Yeah, and but you know, with the 17 gearing, the the gila will will rev out like the porting on the gila will let it rev, even though I had an esterol. Um, going down a steep hill like that, it was just screaming. So, I think I was actually keeping up with you guys pretty well coming down the mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just like really running high RPMs, and the Parma kit was doing a great job retarding the timing. So, like, temps were low, the bike was running good. I was feeling super hopeful. And, um, once we got in the flat grounds, I didn't want to stop and re-gear because I felt like stopping to change the gearing would actually eat up more time than going a little slower, but you guys lost me. Um, and so I was just kind of like doing my own thing and I'm like, it's all right. You know, I'm, I've made such a bad time on the first day. I figured there's no way I'd ever catch up anyway on time. So even at that point, I was like, I'm just riding for fun. Um, but then coming down, like, you know, next to a highway or something, um, I felt like Maybe like a little clattery feeling, or like just something different in the engine, right? Like not not like a really severe problem, but just kind of like maybe a little rattle. And I didn't really have enough time to like think about it before that rattle turned into like a couple like little like sputs and sputters, kind of like a soft seize was about to happen, like a little yeah. And um and then it just kind of seized up real hard, and um and it let go like right away, and I rolled to the side of the road, and I'm like, okay. I definitely seized. I don't know why I seized. Like maybe like the intake rubber had cracked open or something. And I just like ran like mega lean for like, you know, a quarter mile or something. I don't know. It's, it, it, everything goes to your head. You're like, why would I have seized right now? Because everything was going great. Mm-hmm. And I pulled over. I was trying to get the top end off to look at it and see like what the damage was. And when I pulled the cylinder off, I can't remember. I was trying to pull the wrist pin off the piston because I could see the rings were stuck. And I'm like, maybe I can mess with this. And as I'm trying to get, like, the uh, the circlips off the wrist pin, I noticed that the con rod was just, like, completely loose. <laughs> and then I kind of looked back in there, and I'm like, there was zero bearings. All the needle bearings had shot out of the bottom end, gone through the motor. And um, bum, bum, I was like, bum. okay, we're done. We're going
0: um, to play taps on this one, kids, because we got to put this yeah. to bed. Yeah, yeah.
1: The the weird thing with me on on bakers is like, I don't have a lot of money. I really can't afford to be doing this stuff. And so going into the race, I'm like, I'm only going to buy the things I really absolutely have to have. I'll buy some consumables for mopeds that are like cheap enough because I'm like, okay, if I, if I tear up a clutch, if I go through a bunch of spark plugs, if I do this, if I do that, whatever, like I can, I can have multiples of those. But I don't bring like extra cranks and extra cylinders and all this stuff because I'm like, look, if I'm if I'm wrecking it that bad, I just can't afford to do it. Like I can't go through a thousand dollars worth of engine to run the moped race, so I just don't buy it and I don't bring it with the hopes that I just won't break it and I'll be careful. And um, that worked the first year for the engine, not the spokes. And and then this year the crank just you know out of the blue doing whatever. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm done put, put the bike in the van and all that work from the day before all that amazing, difficult pushing and getting stung and riding in the rain and going on the pony express for 80 miles, like all that misery to just the next morning be like, I guess I'm packing it in. That was really disheartening. Like yeah, that was dude, one I of our, see that. like just soul crushing moments of moped racing where you're like, I just did all that effort and immediately fate shat on me. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of sucked, but I packed it in, and um you know listen to the the interview you did where Patrick said something about how driving down a pony express like you, he was really anxious, right mm-hmm. and like the, but at some point, the anxiety just all the parts of your brain that produce the juices that make you feel that way just they just run dry, mm-hmm. and eventually you just kind of you just like have this resolve, you're just like, okay. I'm going with the flow. It's like you're, you've 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 capsized in the white waters and you're just going to like, uh, uh, you know, uh, get to the end. If I get to the bottom and I'm alive, then I'm alive at the bottom. And so like, it kind of felt like that. Like you just sort of like, you let go to the flow of how things are going and you're like, I'm just going, I'm just going. And uh, Jenny Rand then pulled over and they're like, you're with Team Party now. And I'm like, okay, I'm with Team Party now. <laughs> and um, didn't really have a plan or a hope that I was going to get the bike going again. Kind of crossed my mind, but I wasn't thinking about it too hard. And um, I don't really remember the rest of that day.
0: We went through another gravel road, just so you know. Chad uh, laid his bike down at about 40 miles an hour in the sand. Is that uh, where we went
1: into like Hemis Falls? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's... Okay. I do remember that day because Franklin and I took like some logging road that like that Jeeps would be afraid to go on.
0: Was that it was like no? That was the next kill. day. Hemisfels was the next day because. Okay. No, you're right. Pause.
1: Where's my shirt? That's the only. That's the no, the I shirt's wrong to... as well. Go to the website.
0: Um, because <laughs> remember we figured out the air. There's a screw up in the shirt. Um. Now I'm gonna. Now we're create. I'm okay. going to the website right now. I'm creating uh podcasting magic right now, people uh Baker, okay there we go bakers doesn't run Man.
1: um I the hope next one be. camp was that the camp the bright star campground was that the next day fuck like, i don't know dude well oh, i think it was i think it was because i still had the bike in the van at bright star
0: yes because colby and the campers got in uh old Bonneville salt flats old four frack yeah that was that camp coach everybody made fun of maitland for like uh being a stoner <laughs> paradise um yeah, so we hit a gravel road again and that that would've been beautiful like did you guys go through that gravel road? Like it was near the four corners, because I kept on seeing like four corners, um something. No, we
1: we wouldn't have had to. We wouldn't have there like I was probably on the highways the whole way just to okay. get there.
0: So we got out there. We ran into a little bit of rain. Um it looked like the movie set for Back to the Future three at the beginning, like <laughs> Uh, with the teepees and everything like that. Um, I think I heard you put out a SOS call for parts at that point, didn't you?
1: Um, I don't remember when I had started like calling or messaging because we were like heading into the weekend. And I think that in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not going to get anything until like Monday. So I'm not even going to like really try that hard. And I think I had asked around, but I don't know if I'd actually messaged anybody yet. When, like I said, that, that day was, that was a bad day. And so I was pretty sad and pretty tired. So like, it was just kind of bummed out. I know we got to the campground. I bought like a pound of bacon and some nice steaks and some like frozen broccoli. And then we fried an entire pound of bacon and I fried the steaks and onions on the ba- bacon grease. And then Franklin and I ate like a steak and a half a pack of bacon each <laughs> with like a ton of stuff. And that was like comfort food.
0: I have to ask now. Who's the one who lit the furniture on fire at the campground?
1: I don't remember any furniture being on fire at the campground.
0: There was a bench or something like that that got. Uh, I know I don't care, but like in that church thing, <laughs> I guess somebody. Um, somebody took a bench and broke it down and <laughs> lit it on fire, in the for the wood in the yeah okay. No, um, oh, yeah.
1: It's, I mean, I'm not even faking it. I, I don't recall that at all. But I remember it was really windy and it was starting to rain. So, like, the fire thing was kind of, like, touch and go. We mm-hmm. we packed up all the chairs and went under the shelter for a while. And then it kind of died down. So we went back out and hung out by the fire some more. And then, um, I don't know, I got in my tent and went to sleep.
0: Yeah, it was raining halfway decent. And I just, like, I don't care. I'm going to bed. Um, from Camp Cush and that was cortez uh cortez new mexico i believe or something like that. it had a really cool name the town i remember that
1: that was a, that was still in colorado i remember it was colorado
0: camp Co- yeah cortez colorado i think it was um then we went to yasamas springs new mexico and we had to climb again um, yeah that's well, where you guys, in the van. that's where you guys you're in the van that's where you guys went down that freaking logging road that like, I saw that sign before I turned on it. And I remember Maitland saying goes, Oh, you're going that way. I'm going around the mountain. And I was like, <laughs> I, that kind of made me think I'm like, okay, but I'm still going to go this way. And then I saw that there's a, once you made a left-hand turn, like once you get in that town and you made that left-hand turn to that road, I saw, no trailers no this no that yeah. and this sign had been like there for a long time and i'm like <laughs> and i just got on the horn i'm like colby do not go down this fucking road call patrick and chad tell them not to go down this road and then well i don't patrick know why i we... would
1: have made it the, the the ranger would have made it but a truck with a trailer definitely not
0: but the thing about it is Chad or he crashed that day like yeah. that was the day Chad went down. I didn't want him going down again. So Chad listened to this. He can still be mad at me about that. But like, I, I decided to go around the mountain added like 40 minutes to the route. Um, but yeah, I just like, don't go down this way. I didn't want to see anybody because we no, did you guys, it was like,
1: wild.
0: did you guys go it, down all those like County roads that were like pavement from 1952?
1: I don't remember any pavement honestly like it it went from pavement to gravel and then from gravel to like packed sand and like the it was like these like rolling up and down hills and sharp curves like winding up the hills and stuff and like it definitely looked like something that people with like off road vehicles would go do for fun but I'm uh, talking about before you got to that road, before you, to huh? that
0: ro- before you got to that uh wagon trail like throughout that day like that was some horrific roads like I just remember like
1: we're going well, down you roads guys, you guys would have been on you would have been on like off highways. The majority of that day, we would have been on interstates until uh. like that last like the last ten miles we we popped off the interstate and took like whatever the phone was saying was the shortest route, which I swear this year Google Maps played more shenanigans on us than I think any app has the right to do. Because <laughs> it just kept rerouting stuff and changing things and it's like I don't care if you think there's a problem with this road. Like I still want to go there and see it for myself and decide if I want to do it or not. Because even the start of the race, like going all the way back to Bonneville, when it like rerouted us from that frontage road immediately, I was like, I don't mm-hmm. care if there was like a foot of water, I would have pushed my moped through it. I would have rather gone through like whatever puddle there was for 50 feet and got back on the road again, than than all that other nonsense, but it it changed the route. But and we were already like so far South of town before any of us knew that it changed it. That like backtracking didn't make sense at that point. I was like, "Well, how bad could it be?" Yeah. And behold.
0: Um. Just so you know, I'll have to uh, send you his thing. But Joel, my chase, the video, my videographer. Um. He just posted a whole bunch of cool pics from
1: Baker's, and heck yeah, dude. Um, Is he still going to throw together like a documentary type film for the whole thing?
0: That's the last I heard. I haven't talked to Joel for a few weeks, but yeah, he's still. Like he got home, and he was just like, oh, "I wanted just chill out because he had the he had to help plan a rally, so like mm-hmm. there was that um but yeah, he's still on plan on doing like a documentary, so it'll be yeah, cool that's a and I I did, dude, I said, and all I said was, just tell the truth." try not to make me look like too much of an asshole. Cause <laughs> and like, yeah, you know, it'll be what it is. Cause like in my head, I'm boiling like most of the time, but you guys made it. What's, so that logging trail was absolutely
1: hell though, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, it, it's not so much that it was like, it wasn't rough because it was sandy, but it was really loose. And like, and Franklin's like with well, the van's doing all right, man, like, I think we're going to make it. And, and like, it was clouding up and like, I think it was going to rain. And I was like, okay we're making it now but if it rains at all and this sand gets wet we're gonna get like stuck in one of these little low spots like a depression between the hills and we're just gonna be out here forever because we were probably like i would say a good eight to ten hour response time from a tow truck getting to that weird spot and -hmm. they probably wouldn't have been too happy to come there and have to pull us out of it anyway so he's like, oh yeah you're right if it does rain we are screwed and i'm like yeah i know but um but the van kept hauling um good on Honda Odysseys with mopeds <laughs> in the back and all that camping gear. But it, uh it trucked on through there. We got to the campsite. We had a hard time finding anybody. Cause it was like one of those campgrounds where like, you can't really tell where to go with the pin because yep. there's like little roads that meander around all the different campsites, but eventually we found it.
0: Um, That w- I'm trying to think, did you guys beat us? No, like Maitland, I think, I was the first one to the
1: campsite. If I remember, I'm pretty sure we were slow getting there. Is that the day that we left out of, um, the, the place in Colorado with no. the teepees. God, how am I missing this all up? Cause we went because, to like the, we went to the, the cliff dwellings and, and, um, that was a few days later. That was yeah, the, was
0: that, that was the next day.
1: That was in Utah. Okay.
0: Yeah. never mind. No, never mind. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What's it? when the fuck was that? Cause like that, the teepee place is where Zach and Sierra left us because that's where I think they all went to Mesa Verde.
1: Yeah. And I think we went with them. Like the, the first part of that day we were goofing off. God, I'm, I'm probably screwing this up, but it's somewhere yeah, in that general, Terrible podcast general vicinity host. of those Guest. days. Yeah. We went to Mesa Verde with them. We hung out there all day. We did all the touristy things. We saw the sites. We ate some food. It was really like a chill, fun day being with team party. Um, and then, you know, we kind of had to like book it to try to get to that fault, the, to the Hemis Falls. So that's why we were so late, um, getting there because everybody else, you know, just rode straight to it and we were mm-hmm. doing touristy stuff. But, um, but we, we got there before dark, we set up camp. I got my hammock out. We went and got some firewood, got the fire going. I ate some like mashed potatoes, I think. And that was a pretty good evening. And that's when I got on the phone and started, I remember definitely talking with Graham then. And he's like, yeah, we can get Syndicate you some part around. around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I'm laying in the hammock trying to fall asleep and he's like on the phone with me and he's like okay, I think I got it. I'm going to head that way. And I was like, dude, you don't like I can't build the engine right now and um and it's going to be like a little while before I like let the sealant cure cuz I wasn't going to like just throw it together and ride immediately. I knew I wasn't going to haul out that that next morning, but he's like, "Nope, I'm heading that way." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh man, good on you." And um I had, I've never felt like that kind of like support from anybody. And, you know, I had a good family growing up. I'm not, I'm not trying to like make anybody that's been a part of my life feel bad or, or like they've neglected me. Cause that's not what the story is. But like, just the fact that like, you know, Graham and I are pretty close. Like we've definitely hung a few times, but like, I didn't know that he had the kind of love for me that he would drop what he was doing in the middle of the night, rally his people get the parts and then drive like six or seven hours through the night to bring me some stuff. And so like, when I saw that, I was like, wow, like this man is an absolutely incredible human being. And their whole crew is incredible human beings to put that together just because they wanted to see me ride. And I don't think it was because they wanted to like see me suffer or hurt myself. It wasn't like some like, you know, schadenfreude type of thing. There might've been been 40 percent of that. Nah, they wanted to
0: see you like be miserable. But like, dude, that's
1: <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: and, I, and I can't speak for other people in mopeds, but like, I like to say Graham and I are probably cut from the same cloth. Is that because like, if I have, if I have somebody like, dude, I'm fucking stuck. I'm in need. I'll fucking drop everything for them. Like, there's not a lot of people left out there like that, but there are. And Graham's yeah. one of them. And he's a really awesome guy. And like all oh, my experiences with Graham and his girlfriend are fucking just super rad. If they ever make it to Minnesota, I'll take them out for curling someday. I mean, we got curling (laughs) rinks here, guys. Um, But, yeah, dude, Graham's Graham's good shit. Nick is just, you know, Nick Nick had to spend time with his girlfriend, and I got to bust his chops more about that. (laughs) My young child in Christ. Um, You know, one day he'll realize that mopeds are forever and girls come and leave. Uh, <laughs> fucking nick but yeah no good. graham graham came you got those parts that was great to see him right away in the morning um
1: yeah it was a, a beautiful thing to wake up to it was uh graham's smiling face and fresh moped parts and got it got the engine put together um and i was like i'll just let it cure so i put the case together mm-hmm I didn't put the top end together, packed everything in the van. We left out of there and that's the day, let's see, that was near the hot springs in Hemis. So Franklin and I went into like Hemis Springs proper, the cool little Western town, which looks exactly like They had like the old fashioned saloons and like the older buildings. It was a really small town. Like if you were driving 50 miles an hour and you blinked, you would go right through it and not see a thing. But we stopped at like this, like, you know, proper hot springs place where they they still had like the, the the sulfur springs bath you know signs from like the freaking 1800s on the building Um, there's actually no sulfur at all in those hot springs though so even though they're hot springs they smelled like fresh water and it was really really nice and so we paid like 20 dollars each to to sit in this hot uh, hot spring hot tub thing for like an hour and had a good day of just you know still being not in the race I don't remember where we left out of there. I think that's where we went through some more reservation land, coming out of that place, going to the next stop, and then the next stop was the the was it Clayton, Clayton, New Mexico.
0: Clayton, New Mexico. That's we that's where at, we ran. We stayed at a hotel, and yes. um, that I okay. That's where the dinosaur stuff was at. Yep. We we ran into our first. We ran into another hotel without a pool. It had a pool at one point, yep. but it didn't work anymore. It was kind um, of
1: cold and rainy there, too, though. Yeah, and, and is that the day where we went? Like, Did we go through like a hailstorm getting there? I didn't run into hail, I
0: ran into a little rain. I can remember that. Um,
1: yeah, yeah it was run- definitely coming, yeah, coming into Clayton, New Mexico. I was going down the highway because you, you wouldn't have been on the highway, so you probably missed this no. part, but like going down the highway. There's cars coming the other direction. I got the cruise set at like 75, and it's a good thing I was driving because Franklin was known to drive like you know 85, 90, and so cars were coming from the other way and they're flashing their headlights and they had like their they had their four way flashers on, they're blinking their headlights, and I'm like you know cool story bro, what the heck? And I keep going, I'm just hauling, and like you could see storm clouds up ahead, you could see it was kind of bad weather, but I'm like yeah it's raining, it's the middle of summer right, like it's just a thunderstorm, like no <laughs> no need to really like slam on the brakes just yet. But then as we're getting closer, like, we're like, what's that stuff on the road? And I start to slow down and I'm backing off and backing off. And then like, you know, almost instantly, like as fast as you could perceive it, we were in like six inches of like hail slush, just like pea-sized hail slush that had covered the road. And there was cars everywhere. They were in the median. They had slid across the highway. They're on the other median. They're on the shoulder. Like you spun out everywhere. Like I would say like at least 10 or 12 cars um, just, just, you know couldn't, couldn't keep going the speed they were going and lost control. And so we had slowed down enough. Plus, you know, enough people kind of plowed some of the the hail, I think out of our lane enough where we had some ruts to stay on, but um, that would have been massively inconvenient. I don't think anybody got hurt because they just kind of like spun out and came to a stop. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was something else to see that like that much hail fall out of a out of the sky in June.
0: Yeah. But, dude, um, no, I can't believe we missed that. That's weird. But I remember the skies kind of being goofy. Colby getting all it. Damn you, Joel keeps on hitting me up now. Um, <laughs> Colby getting all nervous, but I'm like, dude, he'll be okay. And that's where the first time I I was giving him shit about staying in a camper, and that's fine, dude. Like Colby, I love him to death. Like we still have lunch, we still have our Sunday morning breakfast. We go somewhere, but like he's like, tell me, yeah, dude, if you think I couldn't do this forever. Like, I could. I go, what, <laughs> fucking squatting in a hotel parking lot? <laughs> like, like he fucking... had a pretty comfy setup. He did. And, like, and I love Col- – Colby's, like, the big brother I never wanted, and I love him to death. <laughs> but, like, I feel like a miskeeper sometimes because, like, he is so good at a lot of things. Keeping a tidy bunk space is not one of them. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, dude, come on, we all have to share this. Let's put well, I never like away. actually
1: went in there so it, I don't, it, I don't know. If,
0: if you don't stay on top Kobe, like it. i said very good at a lot of things you know putting his dirty clothes away not so much
1: <laughs> oh but well no. I'm probably guilty of that and you probably think that I'm a kind of tidy person but I'm not really i used to be i used to have aspirations of being like you ever seen those like weird movies with like the billionaire bachelor guy who like all of his outfits are the same and they're all yeah. spaced on their hangers like two inches apart in color coordination or they're just all the same. Like there was probably a time in my life where like, yeah, that's that's easy because it it's all the same. You don't have to think about it. It just, that's the way it is and it's always that way. But um, that kind of went away in my life. And so now it's just kind of like, utter chaos everywhere and i'd only do my laundry <laughs> when i don't have anything clean left to wear that kind of stuff yeah me too yeah that's called i don't being an i don't adult put it away life. Yeah. um anyway but... go back to mopeds So that night we we all <laughs> ate, we ate family style at the restaurant and then i needed to get my my uh, top end put together but i was also really tired so i was i sat in bed that night with a piece of sandpaper from my inner tube patch kit um and i sanded out the piston because the gila piston it's just a little too narrow on the inside where the wrist pin rides to hold that 17 millimeter needle bearing, I think, which I bought like the wider, um, I don't know the brand. It doesn't matter. Like the, the better needle bearings for your, okay. for your wrist pin, because of course I always want to have the good parts in the side of the motor, but, yes. um, so it wouldn't fit. I sanded and sanded with my finger, just like finger banging the inside of that piston with a little piece of sandpaper, trying to get that bearing to fit. Once I finally got it to be like a loose, but nice fit uh cleaned it all off in the in the in the sink there at the hotel room and went to bed and i was like i'll get up in the morning and finish putting the top end together so got up bright and early ate the weird pancake machine pancake
0: dude and, that uh, like we had a run of just god fucking awful continental breakfast i will say that it was just terrible uh, yeah i don't just... remember
1: eating a good free breakfast well no what was that place we stayed at in net Netches? Natchez was, like, a nicer hotel, and they actually had, like, real food. Well, sort of real food. It was
0: okay. Like, still the – if you remember, like, the best – it wasn't continental, but it was a breakfast buffet. We paid, like, 13 bucks for it. It was in Gillette, Wyoming, that weird hotel that nobody could really figure out how to get around in it last year. That had a great breakfast.
1: Because that was, like, a proper restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they had a bar there, and, like, the night before, I went down to the bar, and I was, like – Give me a bourbon and water. And um, I watched the guy pour it, and he poured me like two fingers, three fingers, but he only charged me for like one bourbon and water. So I was <laughs> nice. like, it's a nice bartender. He got a tip. <laughs> but, um, but, anyways, back to. Uh... Next morning, right? Yeah. Out of Clayton. So that was a big day that was a 350 mile day and you know those are like when you see when i saw that on the schedule 350 mile day i did not think that i would be doing it on a fresh rebuild that wasn't even tuned so kind of starting that morning off i had a lot of anxiety about like how am i going to get this thing going um getting it getting all together getting it tuned up whatever and you know i was trying to be quick but also methodical because like a lot of times with mopeds, if you try to rush, you just make more work for yourself later. Yep. So like, it's worth it to do it right the first time, especially on a 350 mile race day. So I'm getting up, I'm putting the bike together, get the top end on, and I'm trying to like hell to get the clutch in. But funny story, last year at the Denver rally, Graham had just rebuilt his engine. He forgot to put transmission fluid in an E50. And he ran like two days, led the rally for two days, blasting like crazy with a dry clutch. I don't nice. know how it did it, but it was like really fast. It ran great. Right, apparently type F is only optional up to like maybe 200 miles. And then it becomes maybe a little bit more essential. <laughs> but he was like, you know, I didn't want to tell you this, but he's like, that was that crank. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, so that was the crank that I ran. I put new bearings on it, but, um, but we the the clutch threads. Like when, maybe when he pulled the clutch or whatever, it had like boogered up the clutch threads right on the end. And so I put the clutch on and I couldn't get the nut to start. And so Ooh. I started off by like trying to, like, just, like, like, clean up the threads with a file to get, like, just to, to start the bite of the of the nut. Wouldn't do it. And then I looked at it more, and it had, like, mushroomed out. So it wasn't, like, cleaning up in between the threads that mattered. Like, I had to just take all those threads off. And thank God, I think it was your file. You had, like, a big, like, monster, pretty pretty coarse uh, uh, file. And so I'm just sitting on the bike and doing the best I can. I had to take like at least an eighth of an inch, maybe three sixteenths of an inch off the end of that shaft to mm-hmm. get past the threads that were boogered. And then I could finally get the clutch nut on there. And when I torqued it down, it was only like the threads were only going into that nut like halfway. Yeah. And so I was like, that makes me a little nervous, but who, okay. I mean, I really don't have any options, right? Like at that point, it's like, that's it. That's that's what I got. So I'm running, um, put the bike together. Um, I think I was worried about sucking more water in the intake. Cause at that point I still thought that water was getting in my filter. And so Chad, who is a magician and has every tool and every part, even though his ranger is like a normal bed ranger with a Tanu cover, there's nothing sticking out of it, but it's a board fucking for, ranger. <laughs> yeah. He, anything you ask him for, he can just walk over and be like, Oh yeah, I've got a couple of those.
0: And, and I he know, just goes and, and produces I, it. I had, I had to ask him for a screw or two and I know Chad's competitive and I love Chad and I love Patrick (laughs) and I know it fucking kind of bit him inside a little bit. This fucker's leading the race and I have to give him a fucking bolt. Like, no, I think that was the energy I felt like Chad's such a good guy. Like I, I, I love Chad, (laughs) like, but my ill-prepared ass, like I'd have Chad, can I borrow a screw please? Okay. Here, Jim. Well,
1: I had to borrow an, an an air filter that didn't point towards my tire so that it wouldn't hopefully suck up water. Cause like I said, at that point, I still thought maybe I was drowning out in the rain because that was just getting the filter too wet. And then moisture was sucking in through the filter. Um, so he gave me a different air filter and then the bike was together. Uh, it was starting to drizzle. So as you guys took off that morning, I was still putting on my rain suit. And then yeah. I hopped on the bike and rode out like a little bit after you, but I was going kind of easy, um, checking the temps, checking the jetting. Um, everything was going OK, I think. But I did stop a couple times to mess with timing because okay. I wasn't really sure where the timing had landed. And I wanted to be careful on that, too, because you really don't want to mess up timing. And so I dialed in the timing. I got the jetting where I wanted it. Everything was going pretty good. And then um, because of like, you know, drinking water and coffee and whatever and all the excitement of the morning, maybe I didn't like stop and take a piss break. And so then I'm like, I got to piss so bad. Like I was dying and obviously I wasn't in the race. So like, you know, why hold it if you don't have to. So yeah. I pulled over, popped the bike on its flimsy little kickstand. And, um, I look back at Franklin cause he's like, what's going on? You know, like worried, like do, hopping out with like, grab the toolbox or something. And I'm like, I'm good. Like thumbs up, you know, just got to pee. And then I'm walking to the side of the road to go take a leak. And I look back and the bike just like, whoop and falls over and, oh. um, So it does this a lot. Like Rudy has fallen over at least seven or eight times that I know of. Maybe she's fallen over more times than people just picked it up and don't tell me about it. Mm. Um, So scarred up, you really can't tell anymore. The way I know if it falls over is because usually like the left-hand handlebar, which are clip-ons, will be like kind of bent in a bit. But um, at any rate, I look over there. I go pick it up, and I'm like, okay, no big deal. I'm standing it up, dusting it off, and then I notice of my pedals had broke off. Because yep. I thought it would be okay. hilarious to take bicycle pedals and weld them onto a piece of three h inch steel rod and shove it through the frame. Sounds so like a I good still plan. Have bicycle pedals on my moped,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, it looked cute. It wasn't really safe or sturdy, but they hold. I mean, these these things have been on there for like a year and a half or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've gone through a lot with the first year bakers. It's fallen over a lot of times. I've stood up on them going over railroad tracks, and they didn't break. Um, so I really kind of had developed some confidence in my crappy stick welds on these bicycle pedals. Um, but that fall <laughs> was the last fall. It finally broke the thing off and the pedal shaft was just slid in there. Like it, not, it wasn't like I could take my feet and scooch them both like side to side and the pedals was just a whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, so the shaft was just loose inside the frame. And the only thing stopping it from falling out was the fact that there was a pedal attached to each end of it. So with one pedal gone, the shaft could slide all the way out. And looking at the bike, looking at my options, I'm like, what are we gonna do? And we're next to railroad tracks. So we're like scouring the railroad tracks for junk. He found a railroad spike, and I'm like, nah, can't do anything with that. And uh Of course, race,
0: Franklin found a railroad spike. Yeah. Uh, I, earlier, I wouldn't expect race, anything less.
1: Uh, he's a he's a really uh um what do you want to call it? Um scavenger person. Scavenger, scavenger. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't let anything go to waste, including food. No. I think you all <laughs> were like weirded out by that, like, people leave like french fries and like a, a thing on a plate and he's like you're gonna eat that i'll take that yeah franklin was like the he was like
0: the dog he was like the camp dog <laughs>
1: <laughs> not gonna lie though like one day somebody i think it was actually that night before at the family style restaurant somebody had ordered something kind of late in the evening and like it, the food got delivered kind of to the late to the table and so they didn't eat it and he snatched it and took it up to the room and then we were kind of like hanging out and drinking and I got to the mood where I was like, "Hey, what, what do you got in that box over there?" And I totally ate somebody's leftover sandwich and fries, and I had no oh, same about
0: it, it was <laughs> delicious.
1: But um, anyway, fast forward back to the other day, bike fell over. We found a, a beer can, and I, I I took the pedal shaft out. I wrapped a piece of metal off the beer can, like to make a shim, and then I took the railroad spike and like hammered it in there. So like the pedal, I had one pedal shaft jammed in there, and and that was good. And then like when we were up in utah somewhere franklin had found like one of those orange flags it's like a bungee cord orange flag that they put on semi-trailers when they have like an oversized load and i I Mm -hmm. took that and wrapped it up and then put it on the frame on the other side and i just stuck my foot in it like a stirrup so i had my foot like on one pedal that was you know sort of jankily shimmed into the frame and then my other foot was in a stirrup and i'm like okay this is like 50 miles into a 350 mile day I didn't really like how uncomfortable that felt because I'm like, if I come to a stop and the bike starts to lean to that side, I might not get my foot out in time and I'm just gonna fall over in the road in front of people and they're gonna laugh at me.
0: Well uh, which, we're laughing being on a moped
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean it's like at that point you really can't be too proud.
0: Yeah, but, we're um, mopeds, dude.
1: But I did take a piss and the bike got on the road again, and then after that, it just ran great and it was amazing. It ran pretty fast. Um, that's when we came into Chickasha, Oklahoma. And I met Steve there who came down and said, hi.
0: No, and... we met Steve at the goddamn Walmart. All of a sudden, like his ass like popped in your chase driver. Steve's uh, James's chase driver from last year and Maitland and I and Kelly went to Walmart. I don't know what, like I needed like shorts or something. Or flip flops because Colby lost one of my flip flops when the tailgate was down during the Pony Express Trail. (laughs) And I think these ones got lost too. But like all of a sudden we just park and there's Steve fucking just pulled up right next to us in the freaking Walmart parking lot. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, it was pretty rad. Like, it was awesome seeing him. Um, I ended up showing it. I ended up running around Walmart, showing him uh, where we're at. It was pretty cool.
1: That's great. I mean, I'm I'm glad he came by. They live really close by there. Norman, I think, is like twenty or thirty minutes drive. And so I'd ask yeah. him beforehand. I was like, you know, hey, you're gonna pop in and say hi when we come through. And um and he spent a good, a good portion of the evening with us. We went out and had dinner together and that was good catching up. I, I definitely wanna like hang out with Stephen Cash and Cashin not doing bakers because like, it's hard to see your friends when you're doing a race like this because, like, they're in the vehicle and you're in your moped and, like. I hope you, they you can, can come can out next out year. Them, right. I
0: think it'd be rad. Like, those guys were awesome. We didn't get to see them. I Like, we're all still kind of feeling each other out last year. But, like, yeah. I mean, it'd be great to yeah. see them
1: next year. But, um, at any rate, that's also the evening that when wherever Franklin had parked the van when he pulled in, like, we wanted to move it closer to the other vehicles. And so I hop in it and I start it up and the engine's just shuddering it felt like it's running on like two cylinders, like just like shaking and the check engine lights on and flashing. And I was like, Hey dude, like, was that doing that before? And he's like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, I he, he, whatever the answer was, he basically, I could tell he had Googled it. And I'm like, if it's been doing it long enough that he's Googled it and like looked up what the deal is, then it's probably been driving around with a flashing check engine light for a good bit. Yeah. And I think he didn't want to really tell me, I was like, when did it start happening? And he's like, "Well." Like, pretty much, like, not too long after we pulled out of, like, um, Clayton. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. He just drove 300 miles with, like, a flashing check engine light and a massive misfire. And I was really worried that there might have been, like, significant engine damage or something. So, I'm like, usually that's a bad thing. Um, But I didn't mess with it that night. Because, once again, I was tired. And problems are usually better dealt with in the morning when you have, like, some rest and a clear head. And no stores were open. Probably not. Yeah, so I just... slept on it i got up super early um i was contemplating trying to fix the pedal situation on the moped but i talked to you guys and i'm like listen if bad luck means something's gonna break every day if i just leave the thing broken from the day before does that mean no new thing's gonna break and everyone like before i could finish the words coming out of my mouth they're like yes yes and so i was like okay i learned something about mopeds that i didn't know before if it breaks just leave it broken if you can I mean, obviously there's some things you have to try to fix. It's like whack-a-mole, but once, once, when something pops up, that's like livable, you're like, okay, just leave it, just leave it alone, appease the gods with the thing that's broken and nothing else new will break. And that actually worked because nothing else broke the entire rest of the ride. I think, I mean, like the, I think my, my silencer bracket fell off. I feel like something
0: happened maybe the next, that next day going into, because we left Oklahoma and we went into hot springs and then was we got offering? pretty sure that I was living I, Yeah, you're let, right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know this, like that 300, I wanted to, I wanted to load up that 350 mile day mm-hmm. and I just told going fine. I'll just fucking, I'll just do that 350 mile day. And I don't give a shit. I'm loading up. I don't care. I don't want to do bakers. I fucking <laughs> hate bakers. I hate Maitland. I hate everybody who planned this goddamn road. They can all fucking die of gonorrhea. I don't give a shit. And then, we win that day. And then like, I don't know, a couple hours later, Kobe's like, you know, we're probably gonna have to run tomorrow.
1: I know I gotta run tomorrow, Kobe. I can't stand <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: so,
1: I mean, I, I still like, I, I, even though like, I, I get where you're coming from. It never crossed my mind to be upset with the people who organized it. Cause I'm pretty sure nobody had knew no dude. idea not, what they did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not
0: mad at anybody. Not really
1: mad. You no, know, I get you. I get you.
0: No, but it was just like, I want, <sighs> I will always do something, but I will complain and whine <laughs> and cry and blame everybody else but myself the entire time I'm doing it, because gotcha. naturally I chose to do this. So, like, yeah, dude, it was. I'm not mad. I was. I was never mad at anybody then, but I just wanted to complain about something because I'm a complainer. That's what I do.
1: Yeah, the only thing that I like got, and this isn't a person's fault but last year like it felt like every day that we were out in the middle of nowhere we were just riding to these massive headwinds and if there's one thing that really just takes the fun away from me for mopeds it's like hitting those headwinds where you're on flat ground but you're still like barely on the pipe and it's like why can I not go faster and like you can't sit up because you have to stay tucked because if you sit up you're literally going to fall back to like 25 miles an hour you're this big wind sail crazy wind but yeah. this year, like, the winds were kind of to our favor or just not that big of a deal. So it felt like it was never really, like, a that miserable riding into, like, just a wall of air.
0: Until we hit the fucking wall of rain the next day after we left uh, Clayton, or once we left uh, Oklahoma and going into uh, Hot Springs.
1: Or Hot Springs, yeah.
0: We went... Hot, hot Springs was... Uh, and it was kind of weird. We went to... Clayton, New Mexico to Chickachaw. We're in Chickachaw, Oklahoma, is where the we met up with the, with Steve yeah. and them. Yeah. Uh, Chickachaw to Hot Springs. That was a 320-mile
1: day. Oh, I forgot. I left it up, too. Like, the next morning, the van issues. So I thought that van kind of burns oil a little bit, and it's had, like, foul plugs before. And so I thought maybe we were just consuming oil by him following behind me going real slow. And that maybe like enough oil had gotten there to file a plug. And so I took all the plugs out and one was really, really dark and wet. And I was like, Mm -hmm. aha, I do have a fouled plug. So I rode the moped over to the auto zone as soon as they, oh no, sorry. Maitland took me over there the first time, I think, or no, was it the second time? It doesn't Doesn't matter. matter. (laughs) One time I rode a moped, one time Maitland took me in his van, but either way, I went over to the auto zone. I got spark plugs, which the plugs for that van are like 115 bucks for a set. It's crazy. But that's the ones that it calls for, so that's what that's what I'm gonna give it, right? So I came back with all these new spark plugs, and as I'm putting them in there, I'd taken the the coils off of each plug and laid them you know neatly in in a position where I knew which one went where. And as I was picking up the the the, the coil to put a little dab of silicone grease in the hole, I see that the coil bottom piece is cracked, and there's like this black shit coming out it. and I'm like, oh, that's probably a bigger problem than the spark plug. Like the coil's just just you know mm-hmm. eating it. So I ran back over there. I bought one coil, which was like 60 something dollars. Yeah. So now we're like, you know, up to like 160, 180, whatever that is. Do but math. No,
0: dude, that doesn't count because that was maintenance for your vehicle. It wouldn't needed anyways. Because So <laughs> not that's really. not Baker.
1: It, well, it would have It's actually needed, yeah. to, it needed this for a lot longer because I put the new coil on there. Van ran great. The lights went off after a, a couple miles of driving, whatever. And then, like before we even left for Bakers, I told Franklin, I was like, "Sometimes if you're pulling up a hill, if you've got like the AC on and you're going kind of like you know like full load up a hill with AC on, it might misfire a little bit, and you might have to like turn the AC off because it's just too much for it." Oh yeah, and I so just thought it because this... I had low compression. Nope, but it probably had that bad coil that whole time, and it yep. was just getting worse and worse and worse until it finally was like done. So the water now and the and thing runs made... amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: awesome. You, could, you can you can drive up a mountain with the AC on going ninety, and it's just humming along like it was. uh never touched by anything. Anyway, that was that morning. And then we left out of there. We left Chickasha and that's when we went to hot springs, right? Yes. That's where
0: we hit the rain.
1: Okay. And that was a day too, (laughs) that we, we hit a bunch of rain. That's when I learned where the water was getting into my carburetor, because (laughs) it was like, if I would go a quarter throttle, I could ride in the rain. No problem. Quarter throttle, super happy. It will go forever. nothing, bothers it like torrential downpour riding in the wet rut in the middle of the road throwing all the water on it it'll go you go above a half a throttle and it, it just sucks water in like crazy and and dies and and you have to wait for the water to get out of the car but then eventually it goes again and i noticed later on that evening looking at my clone phbg most cl- the phbgs on the sides they have two little uh little hose vents that point down most people don't really put a hose on there or anything. They just leave it like that. But mine doesn't have that at all. It's just got these like little button caps that are smooth and flat. And I'm assuming they're vented to the outside with nothing to prevent water from getting in there and sucking in. And I think somebody hit me up in the chat. I don't remember who it was. Somebody was watching the race. They like they like PM'd me. And they're like, hey, I took like a Powerade bottle and just cut it out and put it around the, the carb to keep any kind of water from flying up at the carb because if the body of that carb gets wet, it'll suck in water through those vents. And I'm like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that carb was like vulnerable to water inundation above half throttle in a downpour. Like it just seems <laughs> like a weird thing, but that's how it is. And I figured it out eventually. So then... I didn't have to worry about rain anymore because I couldn't go above half throttle, but at least I didn't die. And, um, I got soaking wet. I had my rain gear on, but I still got really wet. And then
0: I had taken my rain gear off because my goddamn great chase team, I spilled oil all over myself earlier in that day. And we pulled over one time after, after I had all my final drive issues, Colby and I both looked at the sky it's probably done by now. Oh God, no! <laughs> like, God, we fucking just hit that downpour. Like, yeah. people, like, it was, it was a lot.
1: That's, a, and that's I think a... I was actually, you guys, like, every, either everybody ran into problems that day or what? But I was in the lead, getting close to town. Like, I knew I was mm-hmm. out front, and I don't know what. Like, I think that was the day something in the back end of yours had blown up, like your pulley or something. My ri- had... Well,
0: I had two issues. I had a final drive blow up on me. swapped that out. Then I didn't get the rear pulley nut tight enough, so I started changing it all out and realized um, I didn't tighten up the rear pulley enough, and that's when I threatened to stab Colby's dog. I would never stab oh, a dog. No. I'd stab <laughs> Colby long before I'd stab Stuart. Um, so and then my that treats rear pulley locked up on me, so I was like, I felt like I felt like I was Harry in Days of thunders. give me the high gear because that's all. Like I oh, had good. high gear only. So, like, I was kind of terrified to let the thing get down to um, idle or anything. Like, I just wanted to keep that variator fully varied. So, like, I was rolling 30 miles an hour pretty much. I had to through that rain. Otherwise, that belt slips so bad.
1: That's rough. But it's, actually, um, I
0: did fix that rear pulley. I The trick to those are, if anybody listens to it once you get it, sand your pins. Sand your pins a little bit. Take a diamond file to them, kind of buff them out. It'll be better. Huh.
1: Yep. Good to know. Well, That's, yeah. You know, for those people who do, like, variated mopeds and don't just run single speeds their whole life.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm, i I'm got a single speed I'm looking at. i got some weird parts coming for it uh, but anyways back to your story anyways, so
1: yeah so um, i knew i was out front and you know i wanted to, to hold the lead right and i didn't i'd never had a day yet on the race where i could run my tank like from full to empty and i didn't really know what the mileage was on that build because i never had a chance to really calculate it and so last year the 72 cc air piston port was doing like almost 70 miles per gallon and so in my head, I was like, okay, this bike's running faster. It's got reeds. It should be a little bit more efficient, same size carburetor, same jetting even. So it should be like the same, if not maybe a little better. So I was thinking in my head, like, oh, I've got like a 250 mile um endurance on this tank of gas. And coming into uh hot springs, I had like seven miles to go and the thing <laughs> runs out of gas. <laughs> and i was like oh my god how in the world is it out of gas it blew my mind at first because was like we only only gone like 170 miles that day or something it was a really short day i think huh. and um mm, I, no
0: that would have been in the natchez this was a 325 mile day dude
1: well okay well maybe i'd filled up once and i just didn't know anyway um I'm starting to run out of gas and um i'm pulling over and i'm like franklin like head off to somewhere to get gas and he's like which way is the gas i don't know and i'm like i just either go back till the last town we were at or go forward. But we we're kind of like on these like little like country roads, but you could feel from the amount of traffic that we were close to something. Like you just had that sense that we weren't too far away and we were seven miles from the finish. So it's like, you can't be any more than seven miles if you go forward, but he didn't want to like lose me. And then like, you know, have to come back and like, while he was going to turn around, there was these guys like working in their driveway on some trucks. And I like flag them over. I'm like, Hey, do you have any premix gas or whatever? And I was like, actually, do you just have any like a can of gas? Like I need like a cup of gas, and I can get to where I'm going. And they're like, oh yeah, look at your bike. Like they're like do you want to chit chat with me, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like in this race, and like I'm in the front right now. Like I really like just wanted like anything to just get going. And so they're like, I think we got something. He like goes over to this pickup truck that's like in his yard, right? And um, he pulls out this can that's like sun beaten, you know, like that two stroke <laughs> yeah. can that you could tell has been sitting in the bed of this truck in this guy's like front yard probably for years and he's like you might want to shake it up a bit it's probably settled out some which i don't know what logic that is because i don't think two-stroke oil settles out of the gasoline no but um so i'm like pouring into the tank and i'm like that's fine whatever i'm sure it'll run so pour whatever this mystery gas is and and um i fire up the bike it starts i'm like okay so i'm just gonna take it real easy because i don't know what this stuff is and I, I ride up the road, like maybe to the next intersection was like a half a mile up and there was like uh, a bridge was shut down for construction. So there was like stop traffic. And um, I'm looking down, like the idle's a little bit weird. It's not making good power. I assume it's old gas. And I look down at my fuel filter and it's like totally clear. And I'm like, that's probably bad. And so I'm like, I wonder if that guy even knew if that was premix. And I probably should have thought harder about it. So then I'm like calling Franklin up, like, because we still had like the the red light for the crossing one lane bridge thing. And I'm like, I need some oil. So I just take the oil can and they just like pour in what was probably enough oil for like, you know, a gallon and a half of oil. (laughs) I couldn't measure it. I didn't want to take time to measure it. I don't know how much oil, I don't know how much gas I even put in there. So now I'm like way too heavy on oil, but I'm like, how long is this oil going to take to mix and then get down into that float bowl? So I just go like really, really easy. And I'm like, it's going to seize. It's going to seize. I know it. There's probably no lubrication in this stuff at all. It and, can go a um,
0: while. You're overthinking it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, you're just scared, right? Because I got like this engine that was delivered to me. like all. And if you remember, pressure. dude,
0: I forgot about this. For a while during this day, it was the first time all three of us really got to kind of ride with each other.
1: Was that like it, earlier before the rain? It
0: was before the rain. We met up at that. We all met up at that stoplight. I was starting to have final drive issues at that point. Um yeah. it, was, it was about 130 miles. 130 miles into that day, and like I, I stayed with you guys for a bit because like my trans, my transmission kept popping out of gear, and then it just stayed in gear, and then that's when I left again. But no, that that's was like
1: uh, yeah, we caught up and we rode together for a little while, and I thought like, dang, like this rebuild is really doing great because i'm keeping up with both of these guys and then like i couldn't tell like if you were just like trolling us or what because at one point like you were with us you were with us and then you're just like see yep and you put your feet up and you're like and just like pulled away and that was it we never saw you again and until like eventually you were on the side of the road yeah um that was that was the
0: last death rattle of that transmission but sorry for (laughs) interrupting yeah but no you got you got the fuel mixed in you got her going um how long till you were at the hotel
1: uh well that was like i said i was probably like seven miles from the finish so we rode up to the hotel google maps was doing some sort of really weird um routing it brought us in like behind the motel six and you went through a different hotel parking lot and you couldn't see the motel six so i'm like riding up to this hotel yeah and i'm like i'm like i know it's a motel six and this is not a motel six what the heck is this stupid map thing doing And I was like, I was kind of getting like sick of it. I was just going around the parking lot to leave. And then I see the Motel 6 like hiding behind this other hotel. And I'm like, oh, shoot, this is it. But there was nobody there. Like nobody was there yet. And I was like, there's no way I beat like everyone. Like not even like all like the team party, Maitland. Like nobody was at this place. But I went ahead and took a picture. And I'm like trying to figure it out. And then eventually uh, y'all showed up. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess it was the right place. And we just made it here first. And that was like the first day I'd ever made it anywhere first in Baker's. And like, even though I felt kind of bad, cause like, it wasn't just pure. It doesn't like, matter. You won. Like it was, yeah. It was, well,
0: that, that's well, a part of Baker's dude. Forward, but... Nope. You won. Yeah. Like, don't ever, but don't them... ever question that. Don't ever let anybody take that away. You won. That's a part of Baker's attrition, yeah. whether it's vehicles, <laughs> bikes, people, it's fucking you first, you're first. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. But um, but I didn't have to push the moped at all that day, except for like up to these guys to get gas, which was a really short distance. So <laughs> that was nice to not have to do any pushing. And then, um, yeah, that was a great time. That was a nice stopover. We had good food. We hung out at the pool. Like, I don't know how much you want to get into like the, the, the rest day, but it was a very, very nice rest day.
0: It was just chilling, dude. We all bullshitted for a while. And like, yeah, just got to chat.
1: You know, Did you do the downtown hot springs stuff and go to the museums nope. and all that.
0: Nope, I kind of uh, hid away from everybody. <laughs> like, I love people, but like that is just like I need to kind of uh, hit the decompress yeah, no, it was, button. It was a
1: really hot springs surprised me. That was a really interesting little town. Um, seemed really nice. The hot spring history there was pretty cool. I, I I had no idea that like for some reason in my mind I thought all hot springs were like these like volcanic hot springs that smelled like sulfur and you know were just kind of like yeah it's hot but it's gross and like you put your body in that and you're gonna stink for the next week but um but yeah like the hot water there is just like the most pure amazing water and it's hot like you could brew coffee out of the water that comes out of the ground and it would be amazing coffee which made me think like they should just like sink like a million tons of coffee beans into the aquifers in Arkansas and then all the hot springs would just be coffee coming out of the ground for like a thousand years Dude, that's awesome. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's like We should, we should do that. We should do that. (laughs) It's a heck of a, it's a heck of a heist to pull off to get all that coffee for one thing, and then I don't really know how you'd even get it in the ground. You'd have to like have oil drilling rigs and and stuff.
0: I feel like if we set Franklin to it, I think we could get it done.
1: He's a geologist. He would probably understand the basics. Why doesn't
0: that surprise me with fucking Franklin?
1: He's the only geologist pirate you'll probably ever have met.
0: I think maybe. <laughs> um, goddamn Franklin. But like, yeah, we. Uh, I worked on my bike for 15 minutes. Chad worked on his bike. Did you work on your bike at all that week, the, the day off?
1: I don't remember. I know I probably messed with the chain tension because I kept my chain kept getting loose a lot and the chain was kind of riding over the swing arm. There was some issues there with like excessive chain wear and i don't know what that was all about but every day i could like look down at the the case and see like glittery bits of metal where the chain was eating up something at itself and um just poor build quality you know i probably should have like lined things up better but um you know that's what it was so no nothing else really was an issue i probably went through and like retorqued everything because you know everything had been a few heat cycles
0: um No, we had, yeah, we just grilled out. Everybody Franklin played with all the Jenny. She Franklin played babysitter to all the Jenny Ray's kids, uh, which was nice of him. Um uh, Marie came down from Kansas City, hung out with everybody for a bit. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was um cool. But yeah, then we took off from there. Um how was it how was it going to Natchez
1: Straits for you? So The leaving there was, like, one of the best – that was, like, one of the best rides, I think, for me pulling out of there because it was these, like, nice, windy roads through, like, a a pine forest. Um, It was kind of, like, gently sloping downhill. Like, we were coming off, like, the middle of the continent and heading into, like, you know, the Mississippi River Basin, which is, like, just a nice, slow downhill all the way to, like, the mouth of the Mississippi but you could feel it already there that we were just kind of like winding our way down. The roads were like not too tight of turns that you had to slow down, but Mm -hmm. they were like windy enough to be fun. And so like just laying on that bike, going wide open and letting it rip down through those hills. And I think I had geared up when I messed with the chain, I probably put the 19 on. So I had like 1940 gearing and like it was going really fast down those roads. Uh, And on like the little highway sections, if I caught a draft off a truck, it would pull me up to like I'm pretty sure I hit really close to 60 a few times, which I've never had a moped going that fast before. And that felt pretty special. Um, But yeah, it was just, it was super, super fast. It was a quick day. And then as we were like riding into Natchez, it was like that typical, like, like kind of like urban sprawl looking town at first with like Mm -hmm. the little strip malls and like gas stations and whatever. And I'm like, this is kind of a bummer, like traffic lights and whatnot. And then we crossed the river over the bridge and got into like old town, like proper Natchez. And that was just so beautiful. Like the yep. historic part of town and like going over the river in the evening and seeing all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, what an end to a, a beautiful ride. And then we pulled into the stop, which you guys already beat me there, but I don't think I was too but far But you behind. forgot
0: about that whole detour mess. Oh,
1: oh yeah, geez. Yeah, like that was
0: you, no guys, you guys
1: ended up following
0: me because I knew what Google Maps, again, was trying to mess with us. I knew what it was trying to do. And that's why I kept on lead, kept on go, going straight down that road, that county road into that town, and then finally it kind of led us the right way. But, like, I could zoom out and see what it was doing. It was trying to make us go back around to that bridge that was out, apparently, Chad told us. Um, yeah. But I cut down my tire that day, and we went by. I just remember, I don't know where we were, but we went by the Tim McGraw baseball fields because apparently we went through his hometown. Um, but no, you weren't too far behind me at Natchez. Yeah, I well,
1: mean, actually, at the bridge, I was ahead of you, because I got to the bridge, saw the road was closed, popped yep. on a detour, and then, like, I was on the detour, and, and Google Maps, being its fun self, turned me up that little gravel road, and I thought, okay, well, as long as this goes around where the bridge is out, then I guess that's fine. And I rode all the way up to the end of it, and it popped out, like, right at the the bridge that was out and the construction crew were like, you're going to have to go around, And I'm like, go around where? And so I turned around, doubled back and rode off that road. And then like, as I was coming off that road, you were like, right by me. And I was like, okay, well, at least there's somebody else here and he's going that way confidently fast. So I'll follow him. <laughs> no, like there was no
0: confidence in there. There was just me <laughs> hoping and praying.
1: It looked like you knew what you were doing. So I just hopped in behind you, tried my best to keep up. And like, you know, normally with you, like like I said before, Flat out speed. I could almost keep my eye on you for a good long while with starts and stops, though. Like you gap me at every start and stop. So like as you were pulling away more and more as we like meandered through those roads, I was like, I don't want to lose him. I really need to see where he goes because I don't really know I'm going anymore at all. Like I'm just following Jim. And and so like eventually we got on like roads that made sense again. And I was like, OK, we're fine but I'm glad I was following you too, because when we got to that one, like little section of interstate there, I probably would have like followed Google maps onto it and not really known what I was doing. And I mean, it would, I mean, I was DNF anyway, so it wouldn't have really been that big of a foul, but um, I didn't want to do it, you know, just so I didn't have to go that way, but um, followed you out there and we went around the other roads and it was all good times. And then we were back on the route.
0: Yeah. Natchez was an interesting town. Like, um, God, who was that house that we stopped at? Um I want to say Derek. He's goddamn it. Bluff City Garden Club. Uh fuck, I forget his goddamn name. Um you're supposed to help me here, James.
1: I'm sorry, I'm, i had to text my wife real quick. Um I didn't want to say that, but
0: <laughs> we uh stopped at his house. Uh it was all kept her bikes there. Uh I changed. Uh, what all did you do that night? Did you just kinda hang out, enjoy the bar scene a little bit?
1: Yeah, that's when we went down to the like the the river and we watched the sunset and there was like that old timey saloon place with the live band, and it was like it wasn't like a, a saloon that was trying to look old timey. It was like a legit old timey saloon that has just been standing on the banks of the Mississippi apparently for a very long mm-hmm. time. And um yeah, you just felt like you were sitting in history. Drinking some beers, eating some food, and then uh, listening to some music, and then I don't really remember well how that how that day ended up. I
0: it was I don't remember much of that day. Like I know it was kind of everybody said from what I was told by a few people like um that oh, morning. That the big hotel. We we went to that hotel that it was a casino hotel, but there was no casino there, and I know that bummed out Joel. Um, but I remember everybody like somebody made the comment you could cut the tension with a knife with Chad and I because we're 45 minutes apart and (laughs) it was uh, it was Thomas's house. There we go. Um, we and he saw us out, we had that incident with that with Angel parking in front at the handicap spot
1: with that neighbor. Oh yeah. That was the next that, morning. Yeah. And then and Colby's, like Colby's most famous quote.
0: <laughs> what did Colby say again? Colby <laughs> has a lot on the block, Karen <laughs> Colby. I love that's why I love Colby. Cause like any moment he can pop off and just fucking say something. It's just like, I'll keep some of them to myself, but like fucking Colby, I love him to death. Um, but yeah, I remember we. That was just like I. I'm glad we all met up at that one shittiest exit ramp ever. Do you remember that? What I'm talking about? Um, we all took off. I was leading, and then we all met up at like this. There's no like on ramp, basically. Like it was like you're at like a ninety degree. It was when we all finally met up because I kind of took off yeah. like I did. Uh, Most I ended- of,
1: like, the, the ride from, like, Natchez to New Orleans was just very, very unpleasant for me because at that point, my suspension was done. Like, I have hydraulic forks in the front, but I'm pretty sure all the oil had, like, squirted out. It just, all the seals were gone. All the oil was gone. There was zero dampening. Yep. And so every bump was just bottom out, bottom out, yep. bottom out. Just, the wheels and frame just slamming all the way up into me. And the roads there were like every hundred feet was a like an eight inch tall speed bump. Mm-hmm. I, I kid you not. I and mean, then you saw Dude, it. Everything I was there. Everyone knows it. Like yeah. everyone, everyone listening to this that can just imagine like going through a parking lot that's got legit normal speed bumps that you would slow to your car down like five miles an hour. We we're jumping our bikes though, was going fifty five miles an hour. Yeah. and hitting one every like twenty seconds. Just bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. And so like most of the ride, I was just kind of like getting beat up, pretty tired. You know, my foot's fallen off my little bungee cord stirrup that I've now done like a thousand miles with one foot in a stirrup and one foot on a pedal that could fall off at any moment. And then, ah, geez, Um, we got to like one stoplight and like my foot was moving around and I thought the beer can shim had fallen off or come loose on the pedal that was still a pedal. And I looked down and I took my foot off of it and the pedal just fell off the shaft. Like the shaft hadn't come loose with the beer shim. But the pedal itself had like all the bearings had fallen out of it and it had fallen off the shaft. So I just slid the plastic piece of the pedal back on there. I'm like, okay, one foot has to like hold this pedal down and in so it won't fall Mm -hmm. off. The other foot has to stay in a stirrup. I really can't take either foot off the bike to stop (laughs) because things are going to fall over or fall off or whatever.
0: So it got really sketchy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it got really sketchy with like the foot situation. And like every time I go through intersections, like there would always be a cop on the on the right side of me, like looking straight at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm riding past all these cops with my foot in a bungee cord. And it's like a bright orange neon bungee cord. Like it wasn't couldn't just been a black one to be like kind of like, you know, non noticeable, whatever. Like, but like here I am with this like really bright, stupid thing I'm doing on this dumb little motorcycle that already draws a lot of attention to itself and like my, my I think you saw the picture I posted, like all my um silencer packing had like blown out, like it had come loose a little bit and it, it just disintegrated and blew out. So the exhaust was pretty loud at that point too. So definitely was drawing attention to itself, but I didn't get pulled over. However, I will say that my moped is, since the frame is from a real motorcycle, it's registered as a real motorcycle and I have real motorcycle insurance. So like, I'm always like, if a cop pulls me over, I'll be like, yes, sir. I've got everything you need here's my insurance. Here's my registration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is, is no, it, that's like one worry I don't have. I know some people ride, you know, questionably legal things on the road. <laughs> and uh
0: Nah, not me at all. No, dude, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I was jumping those seams. Freaking, <laughs> Dude, they were killing me, too. Like, Chad has that tank of a bike. But yeah, dude, I felt I was waiting for my frickin' bike to f- come apart. Like. Yep. oh yeah that was and terrible there
1: was, was parts of that day where like we all rode together for a while and it was mm-hmm. just traffic light after traffic light oh after traffic God. light. and every time you guys would take off you'd gap me and then i would just split lanes through the cars to catch back up with the next red light and then eventually you guys got away from me at a traffic light and i couldn't catch the green so then you got a far away i couldn't see you and so then i was just kind of riding on my own again i wasn't splitting lanes or doing anything crazy because i was like i'm probably not going to catch them anyway so i might as well just get there safe and sound. But then I don't know how many miles it was left to go. I think it was like the last 10 miles. I was kind of getting a little, little bit of a hurry. You know, when you get the last 10 miles of the entire bakers, you really, you know, throw all caution to the wind. So I was getting to like, that, that feeling of like, okay, let's just give it everything it's got. And I caught up to Chad. And after that, I was like, I'm just going to stay with him. Like that, that was so epic to like do the last 10 miles. Um, you know, I could barely keep up with him through the lights, but like every time the lights would change, I would just kind of stay on it a little longer and you know catch up and then ride with him. If I I would stay back, like if I see a light changing, I would just kind of like leave a bunch of distance and then like try to time the light. And when I see the other lane turn yellow, I would just gun it, and that way, like by the time he started to roll off, I was already going like thirty, and so I would just kind of like you know stay with him. And that worked for like all the downtown New Orleans until we pulled into the uh, the finish line. And I was like, "Hey, I made it!"
0: Yeah, dude, that was awesome. To see you and Chad come in. I uh, I may have ran a yellow light to get away
1: from Chad <laughs> a little bit. Um, I wasn't going to touch that controversy. Oh God, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the last ten miles. You got to like, if there's ever dude, a it's time the last ten Bakers uh... I
0: don't give a shit. Like I told Chad and Patrick. I'd wreck my mom to win a race, dude. I don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I almost lost my bike last year coming into Portland. Like, I was – I got so sick of the traffic lights there because there was way too many traffic lights in Portland.
0: Oh, God, But um,
1: I got so sick of them that as I was getting close to, like, the finish finish, I started, like, cutting through, like, parking lots. Like, there was, like, gas stations or little mini marts and stuff. And if I see a red light, I would just, like, shoot the shoulder, jump the parking lot shortcut the intersection to get back in the road and like one of those there was like a car pulling into the parking lot as i was cutting through the parking lot and i had a slim <laughs> on my brakes and kind of like you know lost the back end to a skid a bit but i didn't go down and i just kept going hard and um it didn't really matter either as far as like steve and cash are following me because they kind of already got caught lights back anyway you you really lose your chase at that point in the race anyhow but mm-hmm. um but yeah i know we got to new orleans that was an awesome finish line another hose down with water because um <laughs> Angel got us good at Natchez when we pulled in there with the pressure washer and that was amazing. I feel like every day of a moped race should end with a pressure washer to your face <laughs> and bruschetta.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I, no dude, it was good. I'm glad you did as good as you did. Uh I think we're just gonna wrap her up here because I'm tired. I gotta get to, I gotta be at work at five yeah. right. thirty six tomorrow. Um, no, dude, it was great to have you on. I don't know when I'll see you next. Hopefully we can get you out for Bakers again. This coming year, yeah. I don't know any real information, so don't ask me. Um, I'm hope I say five. Day- Everybody asks me, What's it gonna be? I hope five days, like that's all I can say. Like, I'm hoping for that because, like, dude, I mean, granted, I won the longest Bakers ever, but it's like it could have been Chad, it could have been you. Um, yep, it was just.
1: Yeah, for me, it, I yeah, I would love to see a five-day race. Not so much just because I can't handle it, because like I probably physically can handle it, I can't financially handle it. Like that, it, yeah, it's getting it's, to it's... the point where it's like a, a strain on my wallet that I just can't, I can't pull it. So
0: yep, and that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, dude, I think this year cost like last year cost me three grand, four grand, yeah. like thirty five hundred. Like this Things past year, th- expensive. I think this year cost me a couple grand. I know it cost Colby that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not cheap. But like, I look at it, it's like my adventure for the year. Plus,
1: oh yeah, that's my only. But, that's my once a year thing I do. And then I do like the local rallies. I would love to find a way to be more affordably traveling the country to do some rallies like you're doing. But I, I'm not quite there yet.
0: Well, you're in the middle of nowhere, so it's hard for you to get uh, other rallies. Like
1: You know, it's not as middle of nowhere as you think, though. Because Dude, southern last... New Mexico is the
0: middle of nowhere. <laughs> but
1: listen, like the Santa Fe rally where I just came back from, there's a crew out in Phoenix that I hadn't met before. I just met them. There's some people in Albuquerque that I hadn't the met The Cobra before. Kings like... that
0: need to do a frickin' New Year's rally? Yeah, I keep on yeah. telling those yeah. guys, like, do a damn New Year's rally. And they're like... We'll do one in spring. No, do a New Year's rally. Then it's a holiday weekend, and everybody can come to it. So we'll yeah. take that Cobra. But I'm for. I'm
1: stoked to know that there's just there's so many more places around here I can go meet up with some friends and do some riding. So yeah. I'll I'll be definitely exploring that in the next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, dude, it's uh, that's awesome. Hopefully, your wife had fun at the Santa Fe rally. I wish I could have went there. It looked like they had a really good turnout. Um,
1: it's yeah. amazing time. I did kiss a goat, and I liked it
0: there you go uh i saw mick made it out there from new orleans he's a the australian he yeah he shit. won the raffle
1: bike he is now the proud new owner of the brown street
0: nice uh mick's a good guy like mick a lot um i wish he could have been he lives in new orleans um yep. wish he could have been there for bakers but yeah dude it was awesome it was real we'll get this up in a day or so uh i need a shower go to bed so right, everybody. james Don't forget, mopeds are dumb. That they are. All right, dude. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye.